and we're live what's going on everybody it's going to be another episode of make america debate again here on youtube that's where they stream first and then i put them on apple google whatever you know where to find the podcast i'm here with veteran instagram influencer and i'm sure a lot of other things john burke thanks for being here brother absolutely man thank you for having me yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's good to have a conversation. I'll give people the backstory real quick. So I heard about John, I guess, a couple months ago or a year ago. I lose track of time. I think he got kicked off Instagram and there was a lot of people rallying behind him. That's when I first heard the name. And then um, I guess this week, one of my friends just sent me a text and because you have how many followers on Instagram? Uh, 180 something thousand. Yeah, 180,000. So he's he, he moves the needle on Instagram and, you know, he went off, I guess, here's my original tweet. I was talking about Shapiro. So I'll give the back context of that. I was listening to Shapiro on Crowder and, uh, you know, Ben was like, ah, Trump should shut up. He needs to shut up on Twitter, you know, to win the next election. So I tweeted out, I said, listening to Ben Shapiro tell Trump to shut up in order to win this next election the reason Trump won was because he opened his mouth and used social media well. Horrible advice from somebody who will clearly throw Trump under the bus whenever it's possible. So John shared this on his Instagram story and he said, oh, and then he went off on me and maybe others, you know, just just espousing his opinion about the culture and the movement. So he said, or is it that you don't like anyone disagreeing with Trump because he's daddy? I've listened to Shapiro for some that, time. That wasn't now. towards you. That's towards other influencers that I see on uh, the call, Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's no worries. Uh, I've listened to Shapiro for some time now, and there are very few times I think he's off target when it comes to Trump. Um, I'd also love to see some of these influencers go up against Shapiro in a debate if he's so off mark. Well, I would love to do that, by the way. Uh, you'd get crucified. Why? Because you can't. Uh, you can't one tweet or a meme. You can't one tweet or meme a debate. You'd be forced to actually defend your stance with educated reasoning. And then last but not least is, so I'd be very careful when criticizing someone for critiquing the president. You're coming off as a loyalist and that's very dangerous mindset to have. You criticized Obama, but if they do that to Trump, they're wrong. Uh, very liberal like. So my friend sent me that and I was like, all right, John, I checked him out. And then I, I messaged you and I was just like, all right, let's just let's debate then. And yeah. then, so here we are. That's the backstory. He didn't like my my Shapiro tweet. <laughs> it's it's not just you. You talk about the movement. And the one thing that worries me or concerns me a lot about the movement is that I'm noticing, number one, a lot of anti-Semitism coming from the right in regards to Shapiro. When people want to attack Shapiro, a lot of it, and I, I, I hate generalizing because generalizing, it, it's just, it's again, it, it's in the word, it's a generalization. But I see it a lot in the comments on my post in regards to if they hate Shapiro, it's not the actual topics he's discussing. It falls back on Judaism and things such as that. And then they bring out the, the globalism. They bring out that the Jews are conspiring to take over the world financially. Various different things out there, which it, it's, it's one of those things that they're going off into the realm of conspiracy theory or just whatever you want to call it. But anyway... It keeps coming back to the fact that a lot of people don't like Shapiro because Shapiro will criticize the president when he does things wrong. And he also praises the president when he does things right. And the thing that worries me is this started when Shapiro was first beginning to be openly, I don't want to say hypercritical, like Shapiro sometimes will go a little too much. It's like Shapiro, you need to back off sometimes. But at the same time, and this is this is the exact example I wanted to discuss about was the McCain incident, the McCain issue. Let me plug in my headphones real quick. All right. While you're doing that, I just want to say, so with Shapiro, the, the thing 
that annoys me about him is not his uh, Judaism, but even the way he critiques Trump, I feel like he's very factual until it comes to Trump and then he becomes emotional and just kind of reckless with what I would consider bad criticism. It's one thing to say, Trump, maybe don't attack certain people and focus on this uh, and do that. But to just say, shut up and stop tweeting, that's something that the left says, stop tweeting, stop tweeting. But in this era of censorship to me, I'm very sensitive on it because you lost your Instagram. You know, they've people like Joe Rogan, who, you know, is more neutral, but left leaning. He's like, hey, what about Trump? Like, does he violate terms of service? And Twitter is the last place that Trump can actually word for word say exactly what he wants to say. No, no matter how much you or Shapiro or me loves it or hates it, mm -hmm. it's from the horse's mouth. Uh, I don't know if that's a now you got to watch what you say. It's like, oh, you, are you saying Trump's a horse? I'm like, no, no, it's a, <laughs> well, it's a for, phrase. We so got to put it in the context, though. It's, it's not saying stop tweeting as in you don't have the right to speak or speak ill. It is. Think of it this way. The context of what Shapiro is telling um, Trump to do. It's not for the sense of you need to shut up and stop talking. It's saying don't attack a dead man. Don't attack McCain. That's the issue right there. Shapiro is not saying Trump needs to be quiet as far as like don't ever talk because you're stupid. He's saying on this situation, on this scenario in regards to McCain, stop it. So I noticed that you shared and, and this is the other thing I want to bring up. You shared what I said. But you also did not share what Dan Crenshaw said, who also agreed with Shapiro, not directly, but in an indirect manner said, Mr. President, seriously, stop tweeting about McCain. Yeah, but Dan Crenshaw is not President Trump. He just got there. So it's like these people. It's the critique. same thing. It's like, it's like uh, you know, uh, you know, reserve second baseman talking to Barry Bonds. It's like, you know, you're. You're good. I get it. But I, I think, first of all, I think Shapiro and uh, Crenshaw have awful foreign policy. Second of all, I, I'm very impressed with uh, Crenshaw. I'm very impressed with Shapiro and what he's built. But, you know, they they don't like uh, or they their foreign policy when it comes to even the stuff McCain did. To me, uh -huh. what he did is awful, whether he's dead or alive. But to Crenshaw and Shapiro, I think they want to continue that foreign policy. So I, I don't know that I agree that just because someone passed away that they're now, you know, this shining light of greatness that you can't ever talk about ever. Yeah. You know, people are talking about Michael Jackson now. He's dead. It doesn't seem to transfer over there. So I, I, I understand they have a, an opinion or perspective, but uh, Trump's the president and they're, they're not. But it's also a matter of perception, though. Now, look, I agree with you. I th here's the thing. If um, Well, two points, rather. No one is above criticism. Even myself, even on my own, the thing I love about the people that follow me is that if I'm wrong, they will flat out tell me they're not blind loyalists. And I love that about them. And I appreciate that. And I respect that because I'm not always going to get it right. I am not 100%. Like a lot of influencers are chasing clout. They want to be the next big thing. They want to be the next famous person out there in the conservative movement. So they act as if they are the experts on everything. I tell people straight from the start, I'm not an expert. I was like, I've been doing this since like 2015. I've been watching this stuff because before that I was in the army. I didn't care. I just did what I had to do. And then you start actually having to care about what's going on in the political spectrum. But in regards to McCain, I agree with you. I say that no one is above criticism. I would openly criticize McCain. You can openly. But as far as the presidency goes, in this scenario, Trump sometimes steps on his own feet when he tweets certain things. Now, here's the thing. I support Trump. But before I support Trump, I support the Constitution. The way I see it is it's kind of like a target. It's like, here's the Constitution and here's me. If the president falls into line with the Constitution, I will support the president. I don't support Trump on his support of the red flag laws. I don't support Trump on his, his ban on bump stocks. He's very anti-2A. I don't agree with that. But what Shapiro is saying from a PR standpoint is by you bringing back up McCain, 
it looks bad on you. Don't split your voter base because in 2016, the uh, the boomer generation had a 71% turnout in the polls. The millennial generation, our generation, I'm 34, had a less than 46% turnout in the polls. Don't split your boomer generation, which is comprised of very traditionalist, moralist types of voters. So when you attack a veteran, and this is where a lot of people, I think, get it wrong. And I hate saying you're wrong in a sense because it's, it's almost like it's an insulting thing. But I think they don't get it right, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, number one, we have to bring into question McCain's service to his country. That's what everybody keeps saying. McCain was a traitor. McCain did this. McCain did that. I understand that. But here's the thing. You just said Michael Jackson. I talked to rogue Republican last night, and I have to agree with him. Do I think Michael Jackson's a pedophile? Yes, I do. But is there proof of it? Outside of witness testimony, Michael Jackson's dead. Until I can actually see the physical evidence, the truth is out there somewhere, but we can't nail it down. So when it comes to McCain being a traitor to his country in regards to his military service, not his political service, his military service, I don't know. Because there are people that have come against McCain saying he's Songbird McCain, he did this, he did that, he did this. And then there's other people that came out and support him saying that's actually not true. I serve with him. So the truth is there. The ultimate thing is I'm not going to criticize the man's military service. It's a very slippery slope to go into. I think the best tactic there is to stay away from it. In regards to his political service, no holds barred. He was the freaking Obamacare. He, he was a rhino on that one. Again, uh, he was, uh, oh, my God, the, the various things McCain has stood for, even the VA in his own backyard of Arizona was one of the was the, ver the very first VA to be blown wide open as far as uh, abuse of the system, negligence, medical malpractice in such a, an astronomical level to where people were literally dying in the VA, which falls on McCain. McCain didn't care. So when Trump goes after McCain's service during the, the 2015, 2016 elections, you know, war hero or heroes don't get captured. If Obama or anybody else had said that, and this is where the Trump cultists come in, the loyalists, because they're willing to overlook something stupid said by the president from their sheer amount of blind support for the president. If anybody else had said a POW is not a hero because they got captured, they would have been crucified. And when Trump said that as a, like, you're an idiot, as a, like, you are a PR idiot for saying something so incredibly disrespectful and stupid. And then people will say, well, that's why we elected him. No, that's not why we elected him. I think he was elected. Well, that's a whole, I'll let you talk. I don't want to keep going on this tangent. I apologize. Yeah, no, no good stuff. I would say, first of all, yeah, I agree with you in the sense of, I, I don't think that's the right thing to attack his service. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that Trump's pretty much destroying ISIS and John McCain's flying over and trying to fund the rebels who, you know, empower ISIS, probably not the best play, but I agree with you. Not the greatest thing, I guess. I'm just thinking, you know, Trump is like Kanye West of politics where it's like you can't <laughs> you don't you don't get the Trump without the Trump. So it's like we can't you know, at the end of the day, I could say I wouldn't have said that. You could say you wouldn't have said that. Shapiro could say you wouldn't have said that. But Trump but is Trump and he he is an entity. And I always say it's same to the liberals where it's like words don't really matter that much as far as like I get it. And, and with with Shapiro, the, the whole thing I was saying, it's not just the McCain. I mean, he tells him to shut up. He turns on Trump at every corner. He, you know, any any opportunity Shapiro can get to throw him under the bus. I mean, I've caught Shapiro lying so many times. It's ridiculous. Even to, I want to bring up examples, though. I'll, examples. I'll, I'll bring up one from today. It's very fresh because mm -hmm. you said a lot of people dislike uh, Trump because of his anti-Semitism, which is no, no, very, not Trump. I'm talking about. I mean, I mean Shapiro. Shapiro. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of reminiscent to me. It's like if you're, you know, a black liberal, the liberals will say, "Oh, you, you don't like them because they're black," and it's like, no, I, I just don't agree with what they said. So I think Shapiro 
-hmm. is awful at playing the anti-Semitism card, which is terrible because there are true anti-Semites out there and people yeah. who hate Jews and who hate Shapiro for that mm -hmm. is very real. So t today my example is because I, I, I don't like seeing people reach like this. So uh, Ilhan Omar tweeted at a Cheryl Gay Stolberg. So mm -hmm. Cheryl Gay Stolberg said, rebuke from Netanyahu to Ilhan Omar at APAC. From this Benjamin, it's not about the Benjamins, which mm -hmm. is pretty funny. Uh, and I, you know, I like a good joke from Netanyahu. And then she retweeted that and she said, this from a man facing indictments for bribery and other crimes in three separate public corruption affairs. Next. So that's her making a joke back. So Netanyahu makes a joke. It's all about the Benjamins. Off which of is her what joke, she originally said, yeah. Which is what she originally said. And then she says this from a man facing indictments for bribery and other crimes. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's a joke. You could say, you know, she doesn't have the greatest intentions or whatever. So Shapiro retweets that, which is basically a joke slash fact that is happening to Netanyahu. Whether you think he's guilty mm -hmm. or innocent, that's right. debatable. But then he says, she seems so contrite about being an anti-Semite, guys. Probably it's no big deal. So this is also adding what I believe to the hate of Judaism and Jewish people, which I don't want to see, is the fact that people like Shapiro, he's so free speech. He hates being called an Islamophobe. He hates when the left says everything's racist, but he mm -hmm. can't even separate what's truly Islamophobic, or I'm sorry, what's truly anti-Semitic from a fact. So here's him calling, suggesting that a fact and a joke is anti-Semitic. The hypocrisy from Ben, the uh, hiding behind the Jewish victim card is so cringeworthy. And the fact that he seems like he's ready to turn on Trump uh, at every corner is like something that he does great work. He's a good conservative. He understands law. I think he's very intelligent. His, he's built a great platform. But uh, yeah, I can't say I'm a big fan of his. To say, okay, so what the, the example you just gave, I haven't even seen the tweet, but the example that you just articulated to me was, I don't see that I don't see that as hiding behind the Jewish victim card. I've never seen Shapiro hide behind the victim card. In 2016, when Shapiro was openly critical of Trump, the internet blew up. I mean, I, I watched this Twitter. There was a lot of stuff in there as far as regards to anti-Semitism. What he's talking about there is, yeah, Imar is not lying about that. Now, again, whether he's guilty or not is debatable. We have to have due process and actually see the evidence. But at the same time, it's Shapiro also saying that, you know, she's deflecting from the point of her about all about the Benjamins, which was an anti-Semitic tweet. All right, regarding Wayne, let, stuff let's like go that. to that because how is that? And OK, you got to understand that, feed, that feeds the entire, into the idea that the June entire world. But the entire world runs off of money. The NRA is a lobbyist. Planned Parenthood's a yep. lobbyist. APAC is a foreign lobbyist. American-Israeli right. Political Action Committee. That's what they do. If money didn't do anything, they wouldn't be there. People would just do it out of their own free will. But is that targeting so, specific groups or is that targeting an entire ethnicity uh, by using a type well, no. of generalization which in a sense it's not a generalization a that's that their their job is to give money to Paul APAC American Israeli they they're influencing politics they're a foreign country influencing politics I'm not saying that's the they can't. I agree with you there that's the individual but to say group. it's all about the Benjamins and to scream I, I couldn't stand that all conservatives were saying that's anti-semitic because the problem is there are really people who hate Jews completely but it, it mm -hmm. seems like Jewish people and from Chuck Schumer to, you know, Diane Feinstein to, to Ben Shapiro to Dave Rubin. The one thing that they all cave on is like any criticism of Judaism, any criticism of APAC, which is, I mean, guys, it's it's like Saudi Arabia. If I if I say that Prince bin Talal, you know, has investments in a lot of companies and they're like, whoa, that's Islamophobic. It's like, no, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I'm not a fan of Ilhan Omar. I think her pro progressive politics are awful. I legitimately do think she doesn't really care for America or Israel, 
But the, the way that conservatives are so willing to play the liberal game and say every that's racist, that's sexist, that's it's the same thing where it it, it does disservice to real anti-Semitism. There's nothing anti-Semitic well, about saying can, it's all about the Benjamins. It's the context of what she said. And then previously two tweets, she also tweeted out that were very anti-Semitic in nature, talking about Israel. Israel is like it has no, she's she's basically openly. What were they though? Get, let's, let's go point by point because it's all about the Benjamins talking about APAC. Mm -hmm. That's not even remotely anti-Semitic. Shapiro See, lied it about is. it most concerned. How? Because when you talk again, when you talk, when you generalize about an entire ethnicity of people, not but just how is that generalized? She, she said APAC, it's all about the Benjamin's baby. Now, you're because, saying, do you think APAC, which is American Israeli Political Action Committee, they're literally a foreign lobbyist, mm -hmm. do you think that means any criticism of APAC means that you're grouping every Jewish person in? I think in the context that she said it, yes, it is. What, and what that's, that's how per, the perception of what, what she context? said and how, what, she, what how she said it. How she presented that tweet in regards to it's, it's all, all about, about the, Benjamins. the Benjamins baby with a music emoji. Yeah, that's the tweet we're talking about right now. When yeah. you present it in such a manner, and we say perception is reality, and you talk, and do you can you agree that in the past the Jewish culture, the Jewish um, perception that they are trying to become this global entity to take over the world by funding other Jewish people, saying that Jewish people own all the banks, Hollywood things such as that, it leads down a very slippery slope of where people are trying to say that the Jews are trying to take over the world. I think Omar's tweet, kind of like Roseanne's tweet in regards to how she made the comparison of a woman that we didn't really know was black to a monkey, might not. I don't think she's racist. I think it was perceived as being racist. What Omar did, the perception of anti-Semitism is very strong there. It's a side-by-side -side comparison of saying, is that anti-Semitic? Well, does it come off as anti-Semitic? I think it does. Do I think she's anti-Semite at heart? I do. Do I think Roseanne is racist at heart? I don't. I think she didn't know. But Omar also has a history of anti-Semitic tweets and actions. That's what Shapiro is pointing out. So when Omar is called out for her, well, I will say for the sake of this discussion that let's say it wasn't anti-Semitic. Let's say it wasn't. But what Omar just did in regards to what Shapiro just retweeted was a classic deflection of what she was trying to throw off the spotlight on this guy going that's currently under investigation, whether he be guilty or not. All that is is classic deflection. Well, is, is it, Shap isn't Shapiro's thing deflection, deflecting from that and calling it anti-Semitic? Listen, I agree I'm not knocking that there are people legitimately who don't like Jewish people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's very, very real. And uh, it is dangerous to have people who hate on an entire group of people but mm. my thought is seeing it from the outside is one reason it's growing is because you know yourself and people like Shapiro they say oh my god it's, it's a conspiracy that Jewish people own a lot of stuff I mean Jewish people are one to two percent of the population they own a ridiculous amount of stuff when LeBron James says white uh, NFL owners act like slave masters which by the way I have no problem with I think a lot of bosses do have a slave master mentality and they don't treat their workers right I'm okay with that opinion but he he apologized to Jewish people for another thing where he said oh I'm sorry for he basically complimented them via 21 Savage rap song so he he talked down to white people he he apologized to Jewish people but the truth is if you want to separate white and Jewish uh, like LeBron did for that instance 30% or so of the NFL owners are Jewish. Jewish people have significant uh, representation. What about black owners? Cultures. 
Black owners? Of- black owners, black team owners. What's the percentage there versus white? Very versus low. Very so at the low. same time, though, to sit there and, again, a generalization. You say a slave no, it's master not a general, mentality. It's not, I'm, I don't – that's what LeBron said. I, I'm just saying – But you're saying I, you agree this with this idea, tweet. You, you well, agree no, no, with this I, the I, idea I, that I, he treats that the NFL, no, the no, white no, no, slave no. masters – No, no, no. No, that's not what I said. I said I, I agree with his right to say that, and I agree that some bosses, I believe, do have that type of mentality. I'm not saying that all NFL owners – uh, you've never had a boss that looks down at the workers and treats not, them disrespectfully? Yeah, but that's not indicative that's of being I'm a saying. slave owner. Well, that's just being indicative of being an asshole. He's allowed to say it. He's allowed to say it. No like one's saying that. he's not allowed to say it. But to go back what you just said, as far as Le- or what LeBron James said, he yeah. said these white NFL owners, you, you said they, you, you agree they have the slave master mentality. No, no, I, did, I don't agree that they have a slave master okay, mentality. So, okay, I, so I, I misunderstood you. Right, yeah, I agree with this right to say it. And I, I said, I agree that some people have that mentality i don't i don't work for an nfl team so i can't tell i'm sure he was exaggerating but my point being is a lot of the problem with uh the anti-semitic yellers is like jewish people are doing incredibly well i could Mm -hmm. say it's because you know good parenting maybe religion and culture culture has a lot to do with it but to, to say like when they're like, whoa, like any criticism of the Rothschilds is anti-Semitism, saying that people control the weather is anti-Semitism, even though, I mean, it's on paper that there's people who have the technology to manipulate the weather in some form. It's debatable how much, but it's, I mean, Bill Gates owns weather patents and China manipulates the weather. It's on Wikipedia. So what you're saying is there's a difference in, in criticizing, say, for example, the state of Israel or the government of Israel versus the criticization of the people, the criticizing of a, a, a people generically. I think you're allowed to criticize a group of people. You're allowed to criticize a country. And it seems like the Jewish and Israeli lobby, whatever you want to call it, or Jewish people, they w- they don't want any criticism of Israel. They don't want any criticism of Jewish people. They want well, I don't, virtually I don't think no criticism. They, don't want, any, they don't want any criticism of APAC, which is a, a, you know, if Planned Parenthood and NRA can take criticism, why wouldn't APAC? So my thing is they, they conflate it. They think everything's anti-Semitic. And where that bothers me is kind of like liberals, because I don't have this deep seething hate for Jewish people. I actually love a lot of Jewish people in my personal life, some of the best people I know. So I think what builds anti-Semitism even more is when you accept no self-accountability like liberals and you call everything racist, sexist, anti-Semitic. And then the hate builds up because some people are like, I want to talk about APAC. You're anti-Semitic. I want to talk about the Rothschilds. You're anti-Semitic. Jewish people are doing really well. No, they're not. You're anti-Semitic. It's like, no, they are. And APAC is a lobbying group and it's it's all real. It's just how are people so presenting the, it? So the I, think it, I think it builds you more just hate. Made. True. But the generalized statement you just made was not, I mean, I don't see that as being anti-Semitic, just saying Jewish people that own a majority of these companies, you could you could go back to do actual comparison. It's probably factual. I will, but what about the Asian culture in regards to technology? Oh, no, they're and, doing amazing. So, but here's the thing, yeah. though. It's when you say that, that's fine. But then when you go into an over-exaggerated generalization of an entire group or ethnicity or race of people, it falls into the lines of racism or anti-Semitism. It's when you criticize. So maybe Imar, Omar, rather, Maybe she didn't mean it that way, but it comes off that way in, re- in correlation to the previous tweet she's made in regards to her hatred of the Israel and the Israeli. She's pro-Palestine. She's a devout Muslim, which you know I'm not going to fault anybody for being. If you, it's your freedom to worship as you see fit, but we're seeing a pattern here. So if if like let's say for example Roseanne, if Roseanne made the tweet she made, which people are missed on on whether it was racist or not, but then you go back at her Twitter and she's got a history of racist tweets. It kind of leads people to believe that's going to be another racist tweet. Omar's done the same. 
And but I, I want to I go on that. I, I, I feel you with Roseanne. She's a friend of mine, and I think she got mistreated horribly for being too. a real feminist, like someone who led the way for outspoken women to, for how they treated her is awful. Um, but um, for but Ilhan that, Omar, again, the, the right. tweet they always reference with Ilhan Omar, they say that, that it's it becomes, in my opinion, and this is tough for a lot of conservatives to even consider, um, and I get a lot of heat for it, trust me. Nobody really likes what I'm saying here. But... Um, they they kind of get wrapped in their own lies where it's like well well kids at the cages and this and that and then it's like none of that's even real it's all yeah. so with with Ilhan Omar they always reference her old tweet where she said Israel's hypnotizing the world like Allah something where if I said America's hypnotizing the world I'm I'm not saying that I'm I'm not a big fan of Ilhan Omar but I think I I preserve the right to say America's hypnotizing the world our mass media Israel's hypnotizing the world like that's that, to me, that's a reach even saying that's anti-Semitic. But then look at the hashtags. Look at the hashtags she followed that with. You're missing that point. What was it? Israel, what? Israel, what is Israel's population comprised primarily of? Jewish, Jewish people. people. Okay. It's a, then it's at the bottom of that tweet, she talks about Islam, Allah. She, ref she makes a direct correlation in regards to Judaism versus Islam. It wasn't criticizing the government. It was talking about Israel has blinded the world in regards to Judaism, things of that. And then she goes into a direct conflict of Islam. It's it's right there in the tweet. You can look it up. I need. I should have pulled it up because I didn't. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we, we but the, the same point. But the same point. I'll it's saying it that the way she goes about how she says things, she's got a history of this. And then she talks about she's not even like they even had the uh, what was it like 2014, 2013. There was a group of Jewish people that actually wanted to sit down with her, and it's, you know she wasn't even interested in discussing this. I think she's very anti-Semitic at heart. I do. I really do. I, I think I'll read as the a tweet. devout. I Go ahead. I got it here. It's Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Hashtag Gaza. Hashtag Palestine. Hashtag Israel. Pro-Muslim support versus a Judaism state or a state of I, Israel. I want to flip so that this. Goes, that, that goes to. As, as, a, as a man, say if I said, America has hypnotized the world. May Jesus awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of America. I don't think anyone would think that I hated America. They would be like, Christians and Jewish people would be like, you're right, man. That's that's true. The media's got us hypnotized. But if she says it as a Muslim woman, you know, all of a but sudden. What, is the, what would that classify you as, though? If you're saying that you are against Christianity and you are well, a I'm Jewish not a, person. That's, that's, that's a conflation. No, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying I'll that. I'll say it right now on record. I think America has hypnotized the world. And I do hope that Jesus, you know, awakens people's souls because I think America's hypnotized the food industry, uh, mass media, even these regime change wars before Trump got into office. So mm -hmm. I, I agree with her in that sense of I, the, for my own country. I love America. That's the only country mm -hmm. I know. And uh, I think we we have hypnotized the world. I think that's a true statement. I, I think that leads down a rabbit hole that involves a lot more discussion in regards. And I think I, I probably agree with you on a lot of points out there in regards to the government's become too big. Free market is no longer free. I think that we're involved in a lot of international affairs that we don't be don't need to be belonging or don't need to be involved in. I will agree with you there. But to go back to Omar, again, the the tweet that you made today or that he that Shapiro made today, would I say that's him trying to play the victim card? We have to ask ourselves, what's victimhood? Do I think Shapiro probably should have backed off on that and let it go? Yes, I think Shapiro's upset. I think he does not like her. And I think he wants to expose anti-Semitism. I can agree with that. But when you talk about he throws him under the bus every chance he gets, listening to him yesterday in regards to the Mueller investigation, Shapiro was nothing but praising of Trump. You know, I, I, I assume you listen to Shapiro's podcast because you said in your tweet that you were listening to Shapiro. Tell him to shut up because I want to get back to the point of this. Yes. Ilhan Omar, I think, I think she's a very foolish woman. I think the things she's tweeted and said – 
again, your intent versus how you deliver it can be two totally separate things. Case in point, Roseanne Barr. I don't think she's racist. I think she just said it in a very, very foolish way that could be easily perceived as being racist. When you compare a black woman who doesn't even look black to a monkey, that's racist. That's the problem there. But to go back to what Shapiro does, we say he, he throws Trump under the bus at every chance he gets. I think Shapiro has been wrong on Trump on a few occasions in regards to the tariffs war Trump wanted to get involved with. I think Shapiro's out of his level of expertise there. I think Trump knows more about international trade than Shapiro does. But Shapiro also looked at Trump and said, you know, Trump did good here. Trump did good here. I support Trump. And, you know, people always fall back to the thing that Shapiro said he doesn't like Trump. Okay, I can agree with that. Shapiro is a very devout Jewish man, uh, just like a Christian man would, if you will. He's a very he has a very strong uh He's a very devout Jew or somebody being a devout Christian. From a morality standpoint, I see why a lot of people don't like Trump. But at the same time, it's like you kind of have to separate that in today's day and age to where I don't think we're going to have very moral politicians. And I'm not I don't want to vote for them based upon their level of morality. I want to vote for them based upon their ability to do a job, to do a job effectively. And I think Trump's doing a good job there. But when Shapiro comes in there, he's saying, you know, shut up, stop tweeting. Again, it's it's not Shapiro saying you don't have the right to talk or you need to stop talking altogether. It's saying on this specific issue, from a PR standpoint, for your own voter base, stop attacking McCain. And even, like I said, even Crenshaw, who's the up and comer in the conservative movement, like people love them some Crenshaw. I don't know enough about Crenshaw. Crenshaw, you're right. He's new. He's hit the scene. He's different. I like what he stands for. He's very devout on the 2A. His foreign policy in regards to, uh, I think it was Syria, I disagreed with, um, but I disagree with Trump as well. I don't, that's a whole different topic. But the point being is even Crenshaw was telling Trump, don't, don't talk about this. Let it go. Cause McCain, no pun intended, dug his own hole. I don't mean to disrespectful, to be disrespectful to McCain, but I'm saying is McCain, when he didn't invite Trump to his funeral was so petty, his daughter, so petty. McCain's funeral was an anti-Trump bash fest and Trump played it smart. He didn't talk about it. He just let them criticize him and it looked so petty and it painted Trump in a good picture and Shapiro actually praised Trump for that so when we say Shapiro throws him under the bus at every turn I had to disagree with you yeah no I want to first off I do think uh Crenshaw has been very very impressive even just the way he speaks and stuff a lot of conservatives can learn a lesson uh from him and uh Shapiro I I'm sure he did um you know praise Trump with the Mueller report now but it's easy to do it's out and it's you know two years every turn of the Mueller report, you know, Ben was like, oh, it looks it's looking bad for Trump. Oh, it's looking good. It's looking bad. So it's based easy on to perception. It's, it's based yeah. on perception of what America sees. But even yeah, but, Shapiro but, went on Bill Murray and or Bill Bill Maher, that idiot. And he talked about it's like, I'm waiting to see the facts. But Ben, but I, I have a video. No, no, not to compare, but mm -hmm. to compare, I guess I have a video from two years ago where I explained it is a total fraud, why it's a total fraud. And all the evidence was there. I use people progressive the Mueller investigation. Yeah. From yeah. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald to Jimmy mm -hmm. Dore. I mean, we, we, every story that they pushed uh, mm -hmm. was really dishonest, but I will say, you know, he, he definitely praises Trump sometimes and he definitely doesn't. That's fine. My right. thought about him telling Trump to, to shut up, and he does it quite often. It's like, Trump shouldn't do this, Trump shouldn't do mm -hmm. that. If people listen to Ben Shapiro in 2016, we wouldn't have a President Trump. He wasn't supporting him then. That's fine. He has the right to tell Trump to shut up. Mm -hmm. I have a right to say, uh, listen, Ben, the Twitter's a very important vehicle for him, and Trump is himself. Crenshaw has the right to tell him to shut up, but for me, it's like... Nobody's uh, arguing the right. This isn't no, about no, rights. Know, but it's this like, is talking it, about from a PR like perspective. To be like, well, ben, ben told him to shut up. You know, Crenshaw told him to shut up. It's like, they're not Trump. Honestly, like, Ben Shapiro and, and 
Crenshaw in their wildest dreams could never be Trump. They're never going to be one fiftieth of what Trump did for this world. So it's like they could try. They're doing a really great job, but it, their criticism's invalid. It's like me if I criticize the Wright brothers on how to build a plane. Doesn't matter because I'm not that good. Trump's a good businessman. He did what they could never do. And if people mm -hmm. listen to Shapiro, it wouldn't have happened. Beat the Bush dynasty, beat the Clinton dynasty, beat the mm -hmm. Obama dynasty, crush mm -hmm. the two-party system, beat but everybody. That, all, I, I get what and you're And also, saying. yeah, and also it's like for me too, it's the same thing. A lot of, I don't mind criticism. I'm very wise in the sense I listen to good advice, but it's mm -hmm. like listening to Shapiro and Crenshaw try to but, tell Trump what to do is like not, listening to well, yeah. the peanut well, it's gallery. A, it's opinion. You got, well, yeah, you also have to understand though that they are political, well, being Crenshaw is not, he kind of is and kind of isn't, but Shapiro is a political commentator. That's his job. Just like Rush, just like Beck, just like all, they're political commentators. So they're going to tell people what they think you should do. Yet yet. So for example, like when it came to the tariffs, you know, it was one of those that I had to take a step. There are some things that I will say from my own personal experience from the peanut gallery, when it comes to foreign policy in regards to the Middle East, I will interject and say, this is what should be done because I've actually been there. I've seen it. I know what will work and I know what doesn't work. And you're right. I think Shapiro Locke lacks, he's, he's like 34. He lacks a lot of experience on a lot of these issues. And it's one thing to criticize from the sideline versus be the man in the actual arena. So I will, I will agree with you there. But at the same time, going back to the main point, do you think it's good advice for Trump to stop tweeting about a dead man? Not simply because of the right of free speech, because of perception and a 2020 re-election coming up, which I think Trump will secure the primary no matter what. I think a, any kind of Republican to go against him right now is going to be a waste of time. But do you think that's that's solid advice to stop tweeting about a dead guy? I don't I, I will, I'll say this. I don't think McCain is very popular on the, the right wing. I don't think he's popular on the progressive left. There's millions of progressives who are on the right. But it's like I, I don't I, I'm not Trump. But here's here's the difference between me and a Shapiro. Like I understand I'm not Trump and there's things that I'm maybe better at than Trump. But I'm not going to sit and act like I'm a better person or a better Mm -hmm. politician than Trump where it's like he's like a Kanye West he's a you know you can't get the good without the bad Trump is a Trump like he's he's his own verb noun and adjective so it's like <laughs> I go back to the point though I, is that I could good never advice, do though? I could never do I don't think so because to be honest what McCain possibly did you know mm -hmm. and a lot of other people regardless of where he's at I think it needs to be spoken about and when you have his daughter on television screeching and screaming at everybody under the sun she brought on Tulsi Gabbard who's mm. you know a veteran herself and just just made mincemeat of her just being rude and disrespectful mm. on television it's one of those things it's kind of like with the Shapiro thing it's it's not that I agree with the the premise per se but they use that as a victim card and the left and other people are very good at like well he's dead so we're gonna have his daughter on television mistreat everybody yell at everybody say you can't criticize like my dad was so great and it's just like ah it's, no, he wasn't. Yeah, Trump, I, Trump is again, Trump. Trump's like a wrecking ball, man. I just I I there's even people who criticize me from other sides. They say like anomaly. Why is he doing this with this country? I'm like, he's Trumping, and uh, you know he's done. He's but done just so saying much. Trumping is not an excuse to pass off probably foolish behavior. See what you're saying though is like, well, that's Trump. You can sit there and like have somebody go out there and commit mass murders. Like, well. It's so insane. I'm not saying yeah, but, Trump would do it, but it's like just saying that's Trump that is not is not a good reasoning. You know, I Trump get Trump criticizing what I consider one of the worst politicians or at least puppets because they all mm -hmm. probably did the same thing. 
it's to me that's so different from murdering people it's like the guy it's the point is what i'm saying there was the context the statement is saying you can't simply say that's trump and that justifies what he said trump criticized mccain in the past like they went to head to head and i was on trump says so like, yeah mccain horrible politician i think again he's a horrible republican earnings he, he always wanted to do such bipartisanship that he actually compromised his conservative values but then we fast forward to McCain has been dead, what, four months now? And then Trump continues to go after McCain. It comes off. It's the perception of it that Shapiro and Crenshaw are talking about saying it does not look good. It doesn't matter. The left is so polarized against Trump. It doesn't matter what they think. It, it doesn't really doesn't matter. What matters is what the right is going to think at this point, because in 2020, you're going to have the right is going to unite behind Trump. They have to because it's going to be a counter if, to if the people left. Don't, if people don't listen to Shapiro, they won't be mad at all this stuff. Like all my friends who listen to Shapiro, they're always ready to throw Trump under the bus, too, because Ben Shapiro like tells them what to think, where it's like that's because they're be also like, blind. Yeah. Because you also have, you have cultist Trumpers and you've got cultist Shapiro. Do, again, do I think Shapiro is right all the time? I really don't. Again, I really don't. But I listen to Shapiro with an open mind, not in the sense of everything he says is gospel. But there are times that I do Shapiro. He, he will let his emotions get the better of him when it comes to anti-Semitism. I will get I'll give you that there. But at the same time, though, in this specific example, you've got cultists on both sides. And I've seen in the influencer spectrum is that when you criticize what Trump has said or done in any capacity, it comes off as if you're trying to topple the king. And that's not, I think, the intention there. The intention there is to say this is probably the best thing to do versus this is pro like when it came to Trump saying, you know, he is against he, he said, take the guns and then give them due process. It was crickets mm -hmm. on the conservative social media crickets because nobody wanted to lose followers. No one wanted to lose face like this is a direct infringement on, number one, the Second Amendment and to face your accuser in a court of law, which is another mm -hmm. right. But nobody said anything. And that's the issue that I take. It's that mm -hmm. we have foregone our support of the Constitution, which this country is founded upon, and rallied behind Trump. And I think, and I see the conundrum there, because me, I kind of lean libertarian right. I love I love individual freedoms to the point where it's a very scary concept as far as like, I believe in selective taxes. Like I don't believe in mass taxes, I hate taxes, but I do understand it's a necessity for infrastructure, but whole nother topic there. But going back to what Shapiro and other people like him do, even Beck, even Beck was against Trump. And then Beck flipped script in 2018 and said that now he's going to support Trump because the media hates him. All Beck did was try to get on the winning side using the media as the conduit to get there. Yeah, Beck and was I'll, a never Trumper. I Beck even compared Trump to Brown or Trump supporters to brown shirts, which is so just disgusting in my mind. I want to agree with you because I, I think this is something that we agree on and that is a huge problem on especially on the left but still on the right too where if you go against the grain or the mold everybody crucifies you but yeah. there are i agree anything on the second amendment i'm not trying to budge an inch even yeah. the separated parents thing trump caved on that and i understand a lot of media pressure but i think a lot of that separation is to stop human trafficking and rape so it might it could backfire there's a lot of things even with a uh, foreign stuff where i'm like you know Trump listens to people. So if enough people pressure him in the right way, he will listen. I'm all for Trump criticism, even like the Ilhan Omar Shapiro thing. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of heat for that, but it, it comes from a good place where I'm like, I think racism grows when you don't allow a conversation. And I think anti-Semitism grows when you don't uh, allow a conversation there. And, and it's become a problem uh, in all categories. And I, I agree a thousand percent that everyone's afraid and, and it is a herd like mentality on the, and the right wing. And I think that's what you're sick of, which is why it's great that you called me out and called other people out. Cause now we're here and we get to talk about this stuff. Well, I'm, to I'm totally on your side. I just want to say, even with Shapiro, me, when I, when I'm like, I guess disagree with Ben, 
it's not so much of like a Trump lackey. I agree with everything he says. It's like a, right. I critique Trump sometimes when I agree. I think he's wrong. Certain things that he does, I wouldn't do personally. However, I just personally think that Ben Shapiro's criticism is not great. I, I can agree with you there to an extent to where like, um, and I know it comes off like I'm getting, I'll, I'll get painted as a Shapiro loyalist, which if anybody knows me and they know my following, it's like, I'll openly disagree with anybody. I, I don't care who you are because again, I'm not a populist. I don't like populists. I think they lead simply based upon what's good. I think they're, again, they're clout chasers, they're fame chasers. Like I see in the conservative movement on, on Instagram and social media, everyone is after this little bit of fame that they can get so they can get the next big thing. They can be the next Charlie Kirk or the next Candace Owens. They want to be big. They want to be huge. But when it comes time to actually stand up for the constitution, they remain quiet. And that bothers me because if you are so willing to turn over and not criticize president Trump when he does something bad, simply because you want to be accepted into this group, it's like you're selling out to the, you're, you're selling the constitution out. You're selling this country out. Mm. And the one good thing that no matter, and I try to see the positives in a lot of stuff, even though I come off as an asshole a lot of the time. Um, when you have people like Beck, when you have people like Shapiro, when you have people like Crowder, when you have a lot of people out there that are very big political commentators and have their own following, what they have done now, they've set a precedence that in the future, the next president, and I think it's going to be a very good thing, is going to be to where people are going to wake up and start agreeing versus disagreeing with his or her decisions based upon its ability to fall in line with the Constitution. And no more loyalty to party. Putting the party above Constitution is a very big mistake. And I hope more people wake up and start understanding that when you put the party before the Constitution and say, just because the GOP main thinks this way, that we can just willingly throw down our guns and say, you know, Trump says he's for red flag laws. No, I agree, because Trump said it. It's like, no, you, you literally just compromised on what the forefathers built this country upon. And that's what I think is a good thing coming from all of this, is that when people on the right kind of crash, cross swords, if you will, it's good because steel sharpens steel and it educates the masses. We don't see a lot. I don't see a lot of this on the left in regards to actual open, good, intelligent discussions of leftist versus leftist when it comes to the, the president. Uh, it's all just a Trump bash fest. But when you actually get down and you start talking, and this is what I talk about the meme and you can't one single tweet, a lot of these influencers, when it comes to actual discussions such as we're having now, cannot get into really much depth in regards to a specific issue because number one, they lack the intelligence, they lack the, the understanding of it. And it's just, it's meme warfare. And it, it kind of bothers me in that aspect because some of them are kind of like, well, you know, I have this massive following. I'm probably the, the subject matter expert. I was like, look, I'll be the first one to tell you. There's a lot of things I don't know and don't understand. And that's why I like having discussions because that way we can at least educate one another on our perspectives. Like I got to talk to Rogue Republican last night and he, he actually changed my mind on um, background checks for firearms. Because before I was like, well, what's the problem with having a background check? It doesn't infringe on your right. It just makes you go through a more narrow tunnel to actually utilize that right. And he said, you know, you could basically have the same argument in regards to uh, banning felons from owning guns. They're still going to get guns. Like that actually makes sense. So I had to change my mind on that one. But the point being is that when Shapiro and them criticize Trump and it's justified, I'll agree. When they criticize Trump, I think a lot of it is perception. If, if Shapiro is perceived to be very hypercritical of Trump, no matter what, I can I can understand people's perspective there or perspective there, but I also think Shapiro does not like Trump as a person, as a human. And I understand why. For sure, no, that I think it, it's definitely like an emotional dislike. But also, Shapiro's been in the game for a while, so when he didn't like Bannon for a while, mm -hmm. people were saying, "Oh, Shapiro's this and that." But then when Bannon fell out, everyone was like, "Oh, I don't like Bannon." Where it's like they rallied Trump, Shapiro. 
but yeah, but Trump, I mean, uh, Shapiro, yeah, actually knows Bannon. So he's on a different, it's not like he's watching on TV. Like he actually has a personal relationship and he legitimately didn't like Bannon. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on the constitution stuff too, where it, the conservatives, and this is growing on the conservative side. A lot of people, I feel like when, when the left wins, we go down quickly. When the right wins, it's like a slow decline. You know, we're still slowly losing stuff. Mm. And that's my big thing that I feel like almost no one that's more right-leaning has pointed out with even the Ilhan Omar stuff. I, I think that, you know, uh, the, the religion should be tightly looked at. I think it, the immigration stuff Trump's doing makes sense. I don't think she's a, a good uh, American politician at all. I don't trust her even the slightest. However, yeah. what I noticed that no one else noticed when they said, you know, Ilhan's anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic. And then two weeks later, they passed some sort of resolution for Congress. Mm -hmm. uh, and I read the resolution mm -hmm. and I don't know exactly what legislation it is, but it said this is to protect against anti-Semitism, anti-Islamophobia, anti-this, anti-... It they included it all together, yeah. It, it included everything except for like Christian and white. So it was like a extra victim card for everyone else. And I don't I know what type of legislation. So I'm like, that's my, my fear is that they know the right wing doesn't, you know, is very critical of Islam to the point of literally some people hating it, which I don't think yeah. is very healthy, but um, they know that. So people know how to work that stuff where it, it's not even that I specifically like her, but they're using her kind of as a shield for, for a few things that I think one, uh, I think they're passing speech laws, which I, freedom of speech, I don't think there needs to be a resolution. They're like, anomaly, that doesn't mean anything. If it doesn't mean anything, then why is it being passed? They're just passing thin air through the, through, for what? I think to, it's, to again, perception, perception being reality, it's to cover up the fact that the Democratic Party wouldn't openly condemn Omar for anti-Semitic actions. They wouldn't do it. Because basically, even Nancy Pelosi got up there and said she doesn't understand the meaning of words. She didn't. It was just, it was excuse after excuse for So what they yeah, tried but, to do was pass this legislation. Pa but it included anti-Islamophobic too. So the legislation yeah. that passed actually gave Ilhan Omar more protection and yeah, nobody exactly. noticed that. So it's- it's. Oh, no, really a lot of people noticed that. And that was that's why I think it was like, what, 12 Republicans or uh, it was like 23 Republicans wouldn't even vote on it. Said, we're not gonna vote on it because you are not singling out Omar, which is the main cause of why this legislation even got introduced in the first place. It was like a slap in the face of what everybody was against her for. And that was the funny part. So again, when it comes to cleaning house and policing up people, the Democrats won't do it. They, they refuse to because they know if they acknowledge that, it gives them massive blowback. If we don't acknowledge it, and then instead we kind of go, we, we, we just kind of go around it and say, like, we're passing this, legisl this legislation for, you know, no more anti-Islam, no more anti-Semitism. But it's like, but Omar is the reason we're here. So why well, don't we address that? That's my I problem. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm I'm glad because I'm like guys they'll they'll play us. That's how the left is just easy to play. Like you said, there's no intellectual discussion. It's a Trump bash fest. You can't even say yeah. I think he's not that bad. It's it's awful. There's nothing yeah. really going on over there. But on the right, they know how to play us because they know that we love America. They know that you know they 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 can manipulate based on that. But also my thing with with AOC and Ilhan Omar, although I will agree that they're extra distasteful, like just to listen to, yeah. they're quite obnoxious that I think they're similar to Trump in the way of they're not like the, the, the left thinks that Trump is the bringing of all the bad stuff, but he's the re the reason he's there is because people are so tired of all the other stuff. Same with Ilhan Omar and AOC, where it's like, if you attack them, it's like swinging at the leaf on the tree and thinking the whole tree is going to go down where it's like yeah. Ilhan Omar and AOC went there because there's nothing going on on the Democrats. I mean, their leadership is pathetic, like Schumer, Pelosi, Feinstein. It's like, like night of the living dead over there. So, Mm -hmm. I, my my fear is that 
not only is Ilhan Omar attacking her, has now passed speech resolutions that go in her favor and in in uh, opposition of free speech, but also it's not actually solving anything because it's 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 like she's not the problem. Like Pelosi, Schumer, these people are so bad mm-hmm. that the left is desperate and it needs like there's I could think of like on my hand maybe like five or six people in Congress that I legitimately actually like on both sides. The rest of them, it's just like I, I don't. It, there needs to be a clean house of like better people. But then the problem comes in that the bet the new people like the AOCs, they're maybe even worse than the old. So it's like I feel like attacking her and spending so much energy on her, not only is it making them both more famous, but it's not addressing the root problem, which is the entire left and even the Republican establishment. Well, I think the biggest reason why people spend a lot of time on AOC and Omar is, again, it's it's all perception based. Just like I said with McCain, everything is perception. That's politics 101. Perception is reality with a lot of people out there. So the reason they're going after AOC and Omar is they've 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 fed the media. They fed the right and given them plenty of content to use to paint the left to look stupid, which I, I disagree with a lot of things on the left out there. But it's one of those things like if you're constantly going out there and saying very uh, ridiculous, just outlandish things like AOC does, which we're starting to also see the fall of AOC. Even Democrats are like, even in New York, she's not very well liked right now with the whole Amazon thing. With I know there's a lot of depth to that as well. But the thing is like, she keeps, she loves the attention. She's getting more attention. She's trying to like breathe new life into the Democratic Party. And it's kind of a good thing because with the more spotlight she has on her, when she shoots herself in the foot, it's going to be magnified. And she already has the new green or the green new deal was such it, it, it was it was beautifully done. It was just perfect because she presents this new idea and talks about we need to revolutionize everything. It just so much money. What was it like ninety three trillion dollars? And it even talked about like doing away with airplanes and all kind. It just it's not feasible. And it looked like a child tried to develop this in this world of pie in the sky, like not feasible, not um, not pragmatic whatsoever. So when she did that, it blew up. And it even turned into a thing to where they want to bring it onto the floor to vote on. And, you know, they're kind of saying like, oh, well, you know, we're just doing this because it's a disgrace. You know, you d- Democrat or Republicans like hate me. Yada, yada. I was like, well, you wrote this like you and your crew wrote this. And now it's got national attention. And it just only goes to show how ignorant you are. And you are so far out of your league that you don't know what you're talking about, which I don't think ever would have happened had she not had the spotlight. So I, I can agree and disagree that there are times that, yeah, if, if AOC goes out there and dances on a roof, oh, my God, she's dancing. Who, who really cares about that? That has nothing to do with politics. So I think the right got it wrong on that one. I, I just know there's a lot of people who are kind of like, oh, my God, she's dancing. It's like, who cares? She's dancing. Versus yeah, she does. She fouls up. And yeah, you're right about the left. They're having a civil war now because you have your new I would consider them more socialist communists like the AOCs and the Ilhan Omars. They're like the progressive wing, which is just socialist communist and they're incoming and the Schumers and Pelosi's and Feinstein's they're kind of just like uh, puppets. And, you know, they've just been in the game, start any war, take any money, flip flop. Yeah. Yeah. No immigration. Yes. Immigration. They don't, I don't know that they have a set stance to be honest. The only thing they seem to agree on is APAC. That's the only time that both sides come together and seem uh, excited about something which is interesting to watch. But um, I think a lot they, of Trump derangement came into it, though. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's actually very funny because Schumer and Pelosi both not what was it, five, six, seven, eight years ago were pro immigration, like immigration reform. And then when Trump comes out there, 
it's everything is anti-immigration. Like we need open borders. We need this. It's like you. you well, that's literally, what I'm saying. They have yeah, no success. It's it's all a power grab. They miscalculated. They lost. But now they're in a pickle because Trump uh, won. Trump has a lot of support. But also the progressive wings eating up on them. So now they're in the middle. They don't like Trump and they've sold out to that lie. Can't mm -hmm. go back on the identity politics, which is just awful. And then they have the AOC wing coming in. They're screwed. I mean, for mm -hmm. sure. It's just a question of like, are we going to go socialist communist for four years and ruin everything? Or are they going to shift? Like they have a decision because Trump honestly doesn't hate them that much. He's just like, guys, get it together. There's a possibility the Schumers and Pelosi's might shift to that but it's tough because they caught themselves in a pickle and mm -hmm. they they're living a lie like identity politics is a lie uh their well, we're whole seeing identity politics is a lie. bleed into the right as well though and that that's become an issue that I, I i try and call out when i can it's like the identity politics needs to stop on the right identity politics Agreed. pulls away from the actual issues needing to be discussed if the left can keep the right on their toes about accusing people of racism and all manner of things. It keeps us arguing about those issues and not focusing on more important issues. Do I think racism agree, uh, exists at such a massive level like Democrats want to say it does? No, I don't. I really don't. But I think that if they continuously use identity politics, which we know they do, and then the right adopts the very same tactic, we're literally, it's just, it's no better. It's like focus on the actual issues that need to be discussed and things such as that. So it's very worrisome to me. Like, again, it, it's the feel of the influencer world that we keep having these identity politics being brought up or that's racist when, in fact, it's not racist. And, you know, or, or Shapiro said this or Trump said this versus it's not like when Trump says something. And even I was like, Trump shouldn't have said that. It's like, oh, so you're against Trump's Second Amendment right? It's Like, no, I'm saying from a PR perspective, from this idea of, you know, of 70 percent of a turnout rate, that is the majority of your voter base that are very traditionalist in nature. You don't you need them. And I don't I don't say pander to them. But again, the one thing I've learned is again, it's a lot about you have your subject. It's the delivery that I think is 90 percent of what matters. And people if you can deliver it in such a manner that people will at least have their minds open to receiving and listening to. And then you break down what you mean by things. You're way more effective. Do I think Trump's uh, smashing the face style works? Yeah, I do. I think when it came to North Korea, he called Kim Jong-il out like nobody ever had. Like Obama was afraid to do that. Trump put his balls on the table and said, look, little fat man, this is what we're going to do. I was like, that's beautifully done. But then when you turn around and then you start saying that, like, oh, you know, he's a really good guy. It's like the, the dude is a dictator. He's murdered his own family. He's not a good guy. And I understand from, you know, the actual idea of we need to negotiations and things. Trump is an amazing businessman. He knows how to make deals. I will give him that. I, mean, I would never take that. You you don't, you know, when people, I think, on the left try and criticize Trump, like, you know, well, he filed for bankruptcy. It's like, yeah, but it's also a tactic people can use when you're going under. You file bankruptcy, you write that off, and you start all over. Trump took a million dollars, and now he's a freaking millionaire, billionaire, if you will. You don't get that by being an idiot. So Trump is smart in that fashion. But I think sometimes Trump, um, and this is one of those things that I kind of agree and disagree with some people on as far as. Trump says some things, I think, sometimes when it comes to negotiations on the international level, it's simply because he's inexperienced. Say, for example, when you go out there and you praise Kim Jong-un, it's like, uh, you probably shouldn't have done that. you know. But I understand that it's a very sensitive subject when you're trying to denuclearize a country that is ran by a madman who you know, is a, is a freaking dictator. I understand that. But again, you know, that's just oh. my perception. Yeah, I want to say first, I agree with you that there's way too much identity politics on the right wing. That's why I'm very 
questioning to i'm like all right don't call it that unless it's that because yeah, now you, if, I you, agree. if everything's racist this that then it's like nothing is and now we're all yeah. confused and that's kind of where we're at yeah and uh, even on the right you know a lot of the up-and-comers there's some cool people for sure some people doing really great work but i see a lot of like power and ego and yeah. uh that's i don't like that because eventually that's gonna if you don't do it for the right reasons you're not a good person it's I gonna agree. backfire just because they're more right-wing i there's a lot of trouble worrisome stuff on the right I, I agree with you there and with the the kim jong-un stuff i always say kim jong-un was born uh the son of north korea so mm -hmm. he didn't really choose that lifestyle and he's always kind of seemed like trying to get out of it. So the way Trump put him in his place and then complimented him, you know, I think it's it's okay to, you know, the, the left always says they have love and compassion, but it's like, if you like a conservative, they're ready to chop your head off or you like Trump. So it's like with Kim Jong-un, I don't know that he, he didn't choose that lifestyle per se. And I think he does kind of want to get out of it, but also... You know, it's 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 a dicey world. I'm sure he's got a lot of people coming for him in his own place, in his own family, and also in the world. I he murdered his own he family, might... though. Uh yeah, that's what they say. I, I got to look more. And into then the it, American I... that died. What, what was his name? Uh, the the several Americans me. that have uh, have been captured there, imprisoned there, yeah. beaten, and then Otto, who was murdered there, and then Kim Jong Un says, "I have no idea if that happened or not." I, I think he would. I think he would. I think that if you're, you know, the dictator of your own country and you have an American in your prison system, it's a it's an international affair. So you're going to be tracking on what's going on there. So the fact that the guy, that guy was beaten to death not on the site, but died later on from what he yeah. did over there. I don't you, think that, I don't that, think that's been really. an issue that started World Wars. I mean, you look at World War One, the start there of an assassination. That that's literally something that is that started World Wars. Granted, he wasn't a, a high political figure. At I don't the same think time. he's Mother Teresa, but it's like with Trump, when you have your own intelligence communities and your own politicians actively trying to subvert everything yeah. you're doing, yeah. if it was up to them, we never would have cleaned up Syria. I, I understand like he's he's making a deal and he's trying to gain someone's trust mm -hmm. in our country. Honestly, it's hard to trust America every time oh, we yeah. denuclearize and, and you know, we're, we're strong, strong boys out here. So it's like. I get the, I don't know. It's, it, it's his strategy. And I think he's, that's well, the Trump, thing. It's like my, my, my opinion of his deal making, like who am I to tell Donald Trump how to make a deal? Eh, I get, yeah, I could see that in a sense of armchair quarterbacking in hindsight being 2020. It's well, just, I, just find, I know if we, if we ever, doing, you know, real quick and I'll let you go do doing stuff impresses me. Like a lot of people talk to me, but I'm impressed by people who show me that they can put out value and do it. Most mm -hmm. of the people who criticize me, not only do they do one thousandth of what I do, it's not like I'm mm -hmm. egotistical or rude, but I'm like, God, you've done nothing. You, you yeah. know, you're, you're criticizing me on something that I'm way better at. So I yeah. find that it's okay to hold Trump accountable and right wing conservatives but i find that a lot of people they hate too much and judge too much and don't do enough same with like say you know turning point for example a lot of people are like turning point doesn't do this and that and in some places i'll be like yeah you could criticize them but go make your own organization you're free to go beat them if you just mm -hmm. talk about it to me it's it's not impressive impressive versus practicality though it's just like when you talk about like an nfl team like we have espn that talks about what the player should have done this that it opens people up to actually understanding different perspectives different ideas different concepts so i mean i don't think there's there's nothing wrong with criticizing an organization versus it's how you 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 play yourself off as like do you play yourself off as being like i could do it better it's like well then, then you're right go do it versus saying this is why i just don't agree with this organization this is why i don't like this because if people ask you then i think you have every right to to talk about why you disagree with somebody but when it comes no, to agree. trump and deal making do you, um, and do I know you what think you're talking though, about opinions are cheap though because like to me i don't i think opinions are meaningless even for myself i'm an analyst i tell people all the time 
my my values and the wisdom and you know the research and stuff my the, my opinion means nothing opinions are so overrated words are so overrated and i, I feel think like it's the I, even, of the opinion, even espn honestly. i like sports center i like watching um like highlight reels i can't mm -hmm. stand those people those unathletic people like stephen a smith and the, you know it's like who cares what he he's like ah you never play yeah this in black and it's like dude he's he, it's like who cares like you're all you no. do is talk go Go dunk a basketball and I'll be impressed. <laughs> I think it's the quality or the, what you're saying that opinion that's going to give it worth or give it merit. Like if you give an opinion, like an educated opinion, um, for example, like if we're having this discussion right now and I walked away, it's like, I really don't care about your opinion because it's just an opinion. I think it's a very foolish statement for me to make versus, you know, you brought up some perspectives that are, are going to open people's minds to think, myself included, to say, okay, let me take a harder look at this versus if I was just to shut you down because, number one, you're not Trump, you're defending Trump, or you're defending your anti-Trump or pro-Shapiro against Shapiro. If it's the opinion that doesn't matter, then why are we even having this discussion? Well, that's why I said that truth matters. Uh, intelligent discussion matters. Learning matters. Wisdom matters. But I'm saying opinions because it's like even with that, they're saying, well, 96 percent of scientists said this and that's great. But like there's volcanoes, there's, you know, glaciers are now growing and they can't figure out why, where it's like the the 97 scientists who are looking at Orville Wright build a plane and said you can't build it. Right. Their opinion literally didn't matter. It, like, right. the it's, truth opinion, so yeah. it's not it's not that. It's yeah. not that our conversation doesn't matter. It matters because there's inherent value here. There's wisdom. Mm -hmm. There's there's uh, intelligent perspective. But I'm just saying the the act of opinions. And me, I think what makes my perspective even matter in the slightest is one, it's somewhat honest and and wise. And also, you know, the the results that I've been bringing in. It's like those are having an impact. Same with you. You know, you're a quote unquote influencer. I know that's a cringy word, but it's yeah. like. It is a. Uh, it's not just the numbers per se, but it's like the the substance where that that's my problem. Where it's it's when Ben says shut up, it's like it's not that criticism is fine, but to me, shut up and stop tweeting. That's that's a foolish opinion because uh, it's like it's it's like say don't tweet this or don't tweet that, and here's what maybe you, that would make more sense or like here's why. But to, like he just said, he didn't he didn't explain any of that. He just said shut up and don't tweet. To no, me, the podcast sounds like telling someone to stop. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a. Uh, he, so I can see. So he went on Crowder and said that, but then in his podcast, he also explained. He went into great detail. So I guess if people are picking up this one soundbite and not listening to the other one, which people most part aren't going to do, because you can talk about one issue on Facebook and then not talk about on Instagram, and people on Instagram are like, "What do you think about this?" Well, we talked about it over here. They don't follow or they don't. Yeah, do but this it's not like he didn't just talk about it. He talked about it and said, "Shut up and don't tweet." Where it's like that's you know I, I get it though. That's his little shtick. You know, he's like, ah, I'm smarter than Trump. Promo code, you know, 21 and me. Give your DNA to the government. And you're like, all right, man. we all got our own <laughs> well, thing. That's advertising 101. That's in the radio. Limbaugh did that. <laughs> Beck does that. All of them. Even Crowder. Crowder sponsored by Luger. That's no, advertising 101. But I I'm think just saying, I, I'll say this real quick. I think you can learn a lot about somebody uh, by what they choose to advertise, whereas Alex Jones gets a lot of heat. But I think his products are pretty legit where Ben, I mean, he sells life insurance, uh, 21 and 30. I do wonder if he ever tests out any of the actual products he uses because he talked about a I was listening. He actually talked about a my fitness or a fitness pal app. And I was like, that's that's not how it works. I was like that's that's like, I do fitness and stuff like that. I was like, that's not how it works when it comes to.
Shapiro. He talked uh, about his wife, who's a doctor, by the way, in case you didn't he's know. Not, he's uh, not. I mean, he probably does great work because, I mean, he's crushing it. I, I always compliment Ben. I share his great stuff. He has a lot of value. He's very mm -hmm. brilliant, and his his business is incredible, and his perspective a lot of times is great. But uh, when he sells stuff, I'm sure he does a good job. He's not very convincing. Like him and Rogan, yeah, yeah. I, I listen to them. They're awful, like, pit, like yeah. where Alex is like, buy this now. You're like, I need 15 of these. But ben, <laughs> Ben doesn't sound, Ben and Joe Rogan don't sound like they like the product at all. But Joe's like Revtown jeans. He's like, I wear them. They're tight. I'm like, it does not sound like you do that stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, because I, I think Shapiro just knows, like, he, he's just, he does this thing. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I, I think Alex Jones brings a lot more entertainment value than anything else. Because you like, he, he just says things sometimes. It's like, what did you just say? It's like whatever, you know, teach their own. Alex Jones has garnished his own following. Uh, and and rightly so, you know, when you're entertaining at that level and you put out somebody, I think he's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist these days. I think some of the when the whole Sandy Hook incident, again, it's not his right not to say it. But when you say that when you openly say that you think Sandy Hook was put on by crisis actors, it's like, oh man, it's like that that and from a public perspective, you don't say that. It's like even even like when the, so say, for example, the New Zealand shooting occurred um, and uh, people were saying it was a false flag. You know, it, it was various things like I'm not going to openly say that because I don't know that has that accusation has such depth and importance and severity that comes with it. That when you say something like that, that's a very serious accusation. And it's, it's one mm. of those things that I would rather just sit back and shut up and let the facts come out before I open my mouth and say, ooh, yeah, that, that, that's, that didn't really happen. So when Alex Jones did on that one, it's like, dude, you, you shot yourself in the foot. And that's all I'm saying with Shapiro, when he's telling Trump to stop it. He's, so he's saying that there's some things that you, you probably do. You know, it, it's, it's an opinion of mine. I think Trump would be a lot more effective if he, if he fine-tuned his Trumpisms. If he instead, like McCain and, and, and all this, if he would let them just continue shooting themselves in the foot, especially his daughter, who I really don't care for, just continuously bashes Trump, it comes off as super petty. But when Trump feeds back into it, it's like you could have taken the high road and still remained an asshole, which I do love that about Trump. He's a dick when it comes. I love how he calls people out. I do. But again, there's a time and a place for things. And that's all I'm saying with Trump. And I think that's what Shapiro was saying. I think perceptions might be different between you and me, but I think that's what Shapiro was saying there. Um, it's I think it's what Crenshaw is saying there. And when it comes to insulting a veteran's service, that that does not go well. Yeah, I want to say with the false flag thing, I, I agree. And also something that I'm noticing, I get attacked from all sides. If you say something that strays from the norm, you're yeah. working with the Israeli government. I'm a Zionist shill. Not true. I'm anti-Semitic. That's not true. Uh, yeah. You know, you're that you're. Oh, what are you CNN now? No, not yeah. at all. What are you this? What are you far right now? So people can't handle a little bit of nuance. And also with the yeah. false flag thing, I think there's a lot of suspicious things. And obviously yeah. they're they're doing a lot of weird stuff. But like you said, that's a very serious accusation. So mm -hmm. if you're going to say it, you better have a, a huge presentation to exactly mm -hmm. explain explain how or else you're doing anybody disservice. And, and that's a huge problem where like everyone just shouts these things and yeah. shows no evidence. And it's like racist, sexist, false flag, this, that. And it, it's not actually helpful. Like I yeah. think there's some very sketchy stuff. But if I'm going to yeah. say that's a false flag for sure, or this yeah. is that I'm, you best believe I'm going to have 15 minutes of like exactly why i feel that way to protect myself not only legally but like personally because i don't um i i agree that's that's a huge problem and also i do want to say I, I think the trump movement they are making a lot of mistakes as well and it is okay to criticize i, I think they're 
Like just from a marketing standpoint, whoever runs their Facebook is underachieving quite a bit. His Twitter, I think, is hilarious. But um, Trump's you know, Twitter did, is it's 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 gold. It is liquid yeah. or not liquid. It, it is it is it's gold because Trump yeah. has them hanging on his Twitter and Trump. Trump, I, you know, when people say that Trump, that's why needs don't to stop shut tweeting. up, don't shut up, baby. Well, no, no, you see, I'm not saying that though. I'm not Trump. No, I know Shapiro. I, I love, that's why I said keep yeah. it going. I think keep it going, Trump. Well, again, I think on that one, Shapiro's saying for this example, <laughs> stop doing this. I mean, because here's the thing: like with Trump's Twitter, Trump had to take the Twitter to circumvent the media that twists literally everything he says. I think Fox has been shooting themselves in the foot as of late with a lot of the decisions they've been making. Um, but even with Fox, like I, I have to, I look at everything, even Shapiro with a healthy level of paranoia. It's saying, I, I just don't trust, I don't trust anybody. We don't know where to get our news from that's 100% dead on. Like even Shapiro made the mistake when he said Trump winked at the alt-right at the Charlottesville protest saying there's good people on both sides. Trump wasn't talking about the KKK. He said in the, the incident there, there was good people on both sides, but he didn't say specifically the KKK. That's not what he meant. Yeah. Shapiro twisted that. And I was like, why is Shapiro doing that? And I think there, it's so because of the hatred for Trump. So yeah. did Chuck Schumer also yeah. hatred of Trump and also, you know, the the Jewish yeah. victim card. They they don't want any sort of uh like they they conflate a lot of stuff. And the reason I call that out is because I seriously think it actually really hurts Jewish people in the long run where it's like don't don't jump to these conclusions and call everything that way. Uh it's it's not helpful. Um and, and well, I've for, literally only seen Shapiro or heard him talk about anti-Semitism when it came to Omar. I mean, if, am I missing something on that one? I've uh, never heard him ever. I, like, I don't he's follow made, him like, that that much, but I know the the Omar thing's been the big thing. And here's the thing: I I always get this misconstrued. I don't really like her at all. I don't trust her. I don't think she cares for America or Israel. I don't think uh, at all. But they're using her almost as a shield, where it's like they're not only passing anti free speech stuff, but they're like, no. you can't create. Where it's like. To be honest, I never thought twice about APAC. I never even heard of it before Ilmar said it and conservatives freaked out. And then I looked into it and it is a little bit suspicious. I'm not yeah. going to lie. You got Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, and uh, you know Mitch McConnell. This is the only thing that the left and right agrees on. Right, if right. we had a wall and our country is working seamlessly, I wouldn't think twice of it. Obviously, it's not just Israel. It's a, uh, you know, China is taking over large portions of the entertainment industry and influences our media gratefully. Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia has big influence. But it's mm -hmm. like when when our politicians don't agree on anything except right. for APAC, that's when it becomes a problem. And I mm -hmm. feel like they're using her to like silence any criticism of it. Albeit, I do agree that she's suspect, but it gets messy where it's kind of like calling everything a false flag. It's like now when something does happen and there's proof, we can't, it's like the boy who cried, cried wolf. So mm -hmm. that's that I never thought about this stuff until two months ago. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. started looking into it. I was like, all right, they're exaggerating a little bit on this. I think a lot of it is, again, it goes back to your presentation. It's how you present things. And again, uh, perception is reality, even though uh, it's very difficult sometimes to see past what somebody's, how they present it and see the actual statement of what they're saying. A lot of people can't get to that far because when we have a thought, you know, at first it goes past through the emotional part of our brain into the forefront where we do rational thinking. If it never makes it past the emotional stage, you'll never see the content of what's actually being said. So whether Omar was anti-Semitic in that tweet with intention of being anti-Semitic, I, I just perception's reality. It's perceived as being anti-Semitic in correlation with the other anti-Semitic tweets she's but made. Does quick, it raise do you do you think that's problematic? Because I have my friend Andrew Mayer on. He's Jewish, conservative, but also he's not even really conservative. He's like me. He goes both ways, he's a deep diver. Great guy. Mm -hmm. He said it's a he basically described what Omar said was like a dog whistle before the dog whistle. And I was like, 
my man, I love you. I, he does great work. I really like him. But I was like, that's kind of what you're saying, where it's like, it can be, it sounds like what the left yeah. says. They're like, it's not racist, but it's the dog whistle. And it could like, that's very muddy water. Cause it's, yeah. I like to talk about a lot of things. I like comedy. I like when, you know, Dave Chappelle makes fun of white people. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. I brought him up on Twitter. He would rag on everybody, white yeah. people, women, and like he would say some messed up stuff, but that's what made it so funny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I text with my friend. Uh, it's Roseanne's son, Jake, who's uh, Jewish, but uh, he's ruthless with his comedy. But that's mm -hmm. why it's so funny is because yeah. it's so messed up. But it also has a lot of elements of truth where it's like. Yeah. That's what makes know, it funny. When, but even in like, today's I, day and age, it's comedy very close to be like fire. when you when you start playing the dog whistle card and like the oh, it could be perceived as any. I could perceive this conversation as like sexist and I could be like a Puerto Rican flower, you know, identify <laughs> like. But, but again, the like, perception that the perception is formulated based upon prior action, prior statements. And that's where the perception comes from or gives perception justification or gives it validity. So I think if like, again, if I saw you have a history of tweets that said, you know, that were very anti-white or whatever the case, and you come out with a tweet that is it's just like you said, it's muddy water. Well, then what's now we have really to look anti-white because she said she said Israel. No, I'm not talking about I'm talking about, I'm talking about you generalizing. No, but I'm saying Ilhan Omar said Ilhan, Israel hypnotized the world. Like if she said F Jewish people i hate them they need to burn i'd be like whoa this woman that's a threat this she's crazy but she's she, crazy, she's, she said israel hypnotized the world so if you do that to her mm -hmm. think about what they could do to you or me mm -hmm. if you say israel hypnotized the world it's all about the benjamins that's a history of anti-semitism then i mean i'm toast because i make I, I joke about everything and talk about everything so it's like that to me that don't you well, think that's, that's a little between bit of a, a reach? political commentator slash comedian not calling you a comedian but i'm talking about like when you use humor to present your your beliefs versus an elected official Elected officials, they don't have that ability. Like, well, what's wrong with that tweet like that. that she said, though? I haven't heard one tweet of hers that's legitimately anti-Semitic. And this doesn't go from a place of, I don't think she has good intentions mm -hmm. whatsoever. Well, we're discussed, like I said, when you talk about Israel. No one's, no one's mentioned. They said, well, her past comments. Her past comments weren't either. There's, there's still not been one tweet that I've seen that has been legitimately what when I would you, consider so anti-Semitic. Well, yeah, when you're pitting Muslims against Jude Jews in Palestine versus Israel, that, that's, well, that's she just hashtagged Pas Palestine, Israel, Gaza, and she said Israel hypnotizing well, the world. So what does that what does that stand for then? What's currently going on with the Gaza Strip? What's going on with Hamas? Oh, there are well, all I these mean, things. There are. And it's war. based upon I mean, is it is it due to a political Palestine difference it, or a? Well, it's it's their it's it's a big problem. Palestine thinks it's their land. Right. Israel thinks it's their land, and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she has a perspective and a lot of people in America have a perspective. I I hear people who say but the underlying issue belongs is to God. I have Jewish people who say I love Israel. And then mm -hmm. I have people who yell at me all the time and say, Anomaly, you have too many Zionists on. It's it's the Zionist agenda. So I, I get yelled at from both sides. I, I don't understand that. Like even I saw some of the comments in the YouTube live. I had to stop reading. It's like, you know, if you love Jews so much, what do you think? Of, what do they ask Jews? What they think about Goyim. It's like, really? <laughs> if you love, I love how you say, if you love Jews, let's rephrase it. If you love black people so much, what do you ask yeah. what they think of white people? Do you, the people don't understand, like when you say ignorant things like that, it comes off as very anti-Semitic. And that's the issue there versus if you phrase it differently saying, you know, there could be discrimination on both sides, then I could understand you. But when you say things like that, like I said with Imar or Imar or Omar, excuse me, that's the issue there. But when you compare Palestine to Israel and say, I hope Allah awakens to what Israel, it goes down to a basic underlying issue of religious versus religion versus religion. I'll say this real years. quick to make you feel better. I, there's there are some pretty bad comments I've, I've been reading too. someone just said yeah. anomaly wanks off three legged pigs. 
So if that makes you feel better, I mean, and I don't even, I don't even know exactly what that the thing means. thing I love about but, uh, my chat on Twitch right now is nobody's going to insult you. I don't allow that. I, I tell people yeah. that when you come into this room, it's going to be respectful yeah. dialogue. And I'm not knocking. I'm just saying that's yeah. the difference. And people out there, when you have a rational I don't discussion, care. But it is, it is a, it is a lot of people saying stuff. But that's the thing. Yeah. There's, there's no nuance, and either people feel very strongly or they mm -hmm. feel very strongly. Where it's that's why I'm very critical of calling everything anti-semitism where it's like clearly people in my chat are just going off and going 100 percent in the other direction mm -hmm. but when you frame like the ilhan omars and stuff and that and i do feel like a lot of this stuff first of all there's people that are never going to be changed maybe they're just stubborn and they're not great people but also there's there's a lot of these discussions that aren't being had and uh, i agree israel palestine it's a really ugly thing but like if like america i don't know like is that our biggest battle i i don't i don't want to hurt anybody on either side but it's in like to i agree well, it's a it's a huge religious battle where it's like i i understand muslims mistreat people in the middle east but it's i thought it was america first where it's like we'll make sure they don't harm us but with israel and palestine like israel took that land or took back that land in the 30s or whatever it is it was the balfour declaration given to mm -hmm. lord rothschild and they took the land and then you know they've taken more land and then they've given up land like it's a whole battle and i i honestly the reason i don't talk about it and i get called a, a zionist shill is because i i wasn't alive it's not my religion i've never been there and i don't know the truth i wasn't born in the 1930s i don't know what's going on and there's enough going on where i just stay out of it it seems like a messy situation yeah but it's like why why is ilhan omar's perspective on that you, we can have american israeli political action committee lobbying for israel Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. But she can't even have a perspective that differs and they're trying to ruin her life. To me, that's anti-free speech. And also, I mean, Tulsi Gabbard agrees with Trump in Syria and she gets called an Assad shill. She's working for President Assad. It's not true. She just doesn't I like think regime change war. So why I get that Ilhan Omar is unliked, probably because she's Muslim mostly, but is, and, and isn't trusted. But like, why is it okay for everyone else to have different perspectives on war and countries? But when it comes to Israel, that's the only place that you're not allowed to feel a different way. I think it's, again, it's what you criticize. It's either you're criticizing the Jewish people or the Jewish government or the Israeli government, which I think, again, let's, let's change this to from Judaism to, we'll say like the biggest, biggest thing under the Obama administration was white versus black. Um, if you criticize an entire group of people such as black, it comes off as very racist and generalizing and things such as that. But we're allowed to do it to Jewish people because it's suddenly OK. It makes no again. It's but did the she do that? I, I agree I'm not talking about that's, her in general. No, I well, agree when, that when that's you, when not right. And I call APAC, people out. When, it, yeah. when she brings up APAC, when you're again, when you're bringing up, like you said, the NRA versus saying all white gun toting Republicans. But APAC is not all Jewish people. It's no, I understand. Israeli, let me, let me finish the example. Community. Let me finish the example here, though. It's just when you when you target one instance, you're fine there. By saying APAC, I can agree with you there as far as NRA, APAC, the, the, the various lobbyists out there. I think that when people go into the in-depths of what's going on in regards to finance, finances and the government of lobbyists and things such as that, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of house cleaning that needs to happen. These people, total difference of conversation. But when you generalize, when you generalize upon a, a, an entire group of people based upon their ethnicity or their race or their religious beliefs, then you go off target. Then your target is no longer on point of what's to be said. When APAC gets brought up, I can agree there are some things there that need to be looked into. But when you bring in Omar's previously stuff, previously stated stuff, it's like why, when you say it's all about the Benjamins, is that not one of those conspiracy theories that's rooted in anti-Semitic beliefs as far no, as no, Jews no, are no. going to run the world? No, 
it's all about the Benjamins, the APAC. There, that's what they do. They provide money and mm -hmm. you know support and whatever else. But could it be perceived as going in again with Roseanne? I could perceive. Tweet. I could, could that perceive be perceived as, as a pedophile? Does that mean you're a pedophile? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just thinking about the Neverland uh, thing with Michael. J. I'm sorry. Uh, my wife, no. she does child exploitation for pedophilia and stuff. No, like that. I'm but just anyway. saying. Like, no, I get what you're saying. Say uh, it's like she's saying a fact. But like, have I ever given you any pedophilic-like examples in the past? No, but like okay. I'm saying, a fact right. about APAC is like it's not. It's not her opinion. It's not her perspective. If you perceive a fact as anti-Semitic. What does that say? It's, it's the context of what and how it's said. That's the problem. So here's the thing. I will I, give you that. You know, I'll change my mind on this and say maybe she didn't mean it in an anti-Semitic way. Maybe she was wanting to bring to light the issues of APAC. I'll give you that. But let me ask you this. You said it could be perceived various different ways. So does that make her anti-Semitic based upon that one tweet? No. Her other tweets, I'd have to say, yes, it does on those specific occasions. So with, with Omar, I, I don't trust her. But do I neither, think neither that it needs I, to be investigated as far as APAC and things like that are looked into? Yes, I do. I think everything, even the NRA, the NRA has given up a lot of ground as of late um, in regards to just the red flag. I see there's a guy, John Portolo in New York, or not John, I forget what his name is, in New York, he's fighting the uh, the red flag laws. NRA is silent. They're not saying a thing. They're not giving him any help whatsoever. And that bothers me. But to go back to the other point of, I think Omar, though, I think with her, I just think the context of what she said, just like with Roseanne, it could have been worded way better. Way I have better. A, a two questions. And um, I, I agree with two things. One, uh, I don't trust her at all, at all. And two, uh, I think that people who blame all Jews and group all Jews are awful. I think it's yeah. terrible. Like if you've but never that's what met I'm seeing a lot of great that's Jews. That's what worries me, yeah. And honestly, a lot of Jewish people have great work ethics, good culture, good family. They understand business and uh, they work hard. So mm -hmm. it's like it, it, to me, there's a lot of, you know, people who hate too hard. It's like I get it. You know, you're mad at yourself or something. So I agree with you there. But I want to say I want to ask two things because we'll see a comparison. Um, yeah. Do you think with Islam, because it's it's an ideology and it's a religion, like do you think it's OK to talk like are you, you know, critical of Islam and, you know, do you question it or go hard at it? Do I question it from a theological standpoint as a Christian? Yeah, absolutely. Do I go hard at it? No, I don't care. Um, it's, you know, if I was to go hard at Islam and say that there, there is a lot of people on the conservative side that believe that Islam should be banned in America, which to me violates the First Amendment. I, I can't, you either are for the Constitution or you're not. So when it comes to Islam from a doctrinal perspective, do I agree with it? No, I do not. Um, but when we talked about Sharia law, People were bashing Omar, and I had to take her side on this one. They talked about Sharia law is oppressive to women. Well, it's also the context of how Sharia law is to be obeyed. In the Middle East, we saw firsthand it is very oppressive to women's rights. Like, you don't have a choice. But if you willingly choose to follow it, it's not oppressive. Pentecostals that I grew up with, you can't cut your hair. You're forced to wear, not forced, but you choose to wear skirts. You don't take up garments pertaining to a man. If you willingly do that, I don't see that as being oppressive. It's all a matter of free choice. And as long as you choose to do it and you can choose to walk away from it any time, I don't see that as being oppressive. But do I see Islam in other countries being oppressive? Absolutely. Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Iraq. Absolutely. Yes. Do you think the ideology is like is dangerous or worth criticism or how do you feel? Anything, even Christianity is worthy of criticism. I mean, even in the Old Testament, it talked about, you know, murdering people. It's again, we're looking at historical documents and trying to apply them to a modern day. Uh, I don't want to say SJW, but a modern day um, socially correct 
perspective, which you cannot do. You cannot hold historical figures and historical uh, documents to a contemporary political correct standard. It doesn't work that way. Um, but I think any religion is open of criticism. And I think that's I guess that, that was that was my question. The next question was like, what about Judaism? Because it seems mm -hmm. like there can be no criticism of it. First of all, Israel, uh, I'm totally okay with anything that they do or America does right, left. But it seems like if you criticize Israel at all, you're anti-Semitic yeah. and any sort of criticism, even if well, that's yeah. same criticism, you can, you can criticize America 50 times as hard as you can criticize Israel. That's where my, I'm like, that seems a little strange to me. And also, uh, you know, the, the religion, well, I think it's the government versus the people that that's where you have to make the differential. But like there. Judaism, do you think it's okay that people question the ideology? No, not at all. Why would it be? No, I don't. I don't know. But let me ask yeah, you this. I, I, let, me, let me flip yeah. it on you, though. What if I was to say I disagree with Judaism and I hate people that are Jewish? Then do we do it, it goes beyond the idea of free speech and acceptance and tolerance, which I think America needs that, especially on the left, because I think the right is very tolerant of a lot. Yeah, of things. No, I think hate. Hate is awful. I think hate, but I think hate once is weakness. it transcends respect and goes into open and outright hatred and wanting negative things to happen to people based upon their religious beliefs, then I think you cross the line. And that's where I see a lot of anti-Semitism coming out as far as, you know, people are feeding into a lot of these, uh, these generalities. Like, say, for example, we talk about the left. If we were talking about black people or white people, whatever, it's no different. It's just when hold the individual accountable, talk about the individual and their actions, but to sit there and lump everyone in based upon, again, their race, ethnicity, things such as that, it's a very ignorant argument to have. But I, I, there is nothing wrong with criticizing Israel. There's I, nothing I, wrong with criticizing Judaism if you want to. No, I agree. Hating entire groups of people or just hating in general, I think it comes from a place of weakness. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you should love and also just be critical and understanding. But uh, I, I, the, the hypocrisy to me comes in where it's like you have people like Shapiro, for instance, and a lot of conservatives there, mm -hmm. very vicious against Islam, very, mm -hmm. very vicious against um, Arabs even. Like Ben has mm -hmm. some tweets where it's pretty you know, he's pretty straightforward. Like he's not about that life. Mm -hmm. I would be okay with that as a free speech person. And I, I still am, but it's like the, the hypocrisy and he can be as vicious as he wants toward Muslims and Arabs. But if anybody speaks on Jewish people or Israel in any sort of way, it's anti-Semitic. <laughs> Do you not see that as just like blatant, ridiculous hypocrisy? I've listened to all of Ben Shapiro's podcasts. I don't see him using anti-Semitism as a, a reoccurring sound point or talking point. I really haven't. When it came to Omar, literally the only time I've ever heard him say it. But then again, I only started listening to Shapiro about a year ago. Um, and then, like I said, I listen to other people as well. But when it comes to, you know, these historical examples, you're giving me, what are, what are the examples of him being outright against Islam, which is his right to do. But I, you keep bringing up this thing of Shapiro being constantly the anti-Semitic. I'm not um, saying this. He's very critical of, of, of Islam, like quite often. And um, there's, I don't know the exact tweet. I could look it up, but he, he was basically, you know, said well, something about, about Arabs. I could look it up. Let me see. Ben. Yeah. Shapiro, Arabs. So, and to be honest, I'm I'm okay with. Let's see. Here it is. He said, "Israel, Israelis like to build. Arabs like to bomb crap and live in open sewage. This is not a difficult issue." So this is him saying, "My people like to build. Your people like to bomb the crap and live in open sewage. This isn't mm -hmm. different." Hashtag settlement rocks. So. To me, that's 20 times as uh, hateful as what Ilhan Omar said. And I think he has the right. I think he has the right. Honestly, in regards I think to. He, uh, yeah, I think ahead. he has the right to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's the hypocrisy of like anything in his direction is anti Semitism. And equally, it's like same with Ilhan Omar. Like the whole, first of all, the word Islamophobic makes no sense. Like, 
people are afraid, afraid of Islam. Yeah. Well, it's I think like, it, it doesn't even make that. sense. You're afraid of what you don't understand is the context they give it. I but think it's, such, it's, it's, it's by design a lie because if you criticize Islam or even if you don't like it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're afraid of it. You might yeah. dislike it. It's yeah. not fear. It doesn't have to be, even if I don't agree with it. So that word is a lie. And to me, the word anti-Semite has been so misused by everybody that it, it it troubles me because it's like now when you have Hasidic Jews getting attacked in New York City, like yeah. that's anti-Semitism. And also yeah. people who legitimately like there's people even in this chat now where it's like they legitimately hate all Jewish people. And yeah. uh, I, I don't think everybody does. Some people are critical, but it's like yeah. I do think that's wrong. And I do think that could actually fit the term. But it's like mm -hmm. to to say that her saying a fact, her her saying a fact about Netanyahu and making a joke. It's a literal fact. And Ben's ready to that's that's today. That's a couple hours ago. He calls I think Ben he just he doesn't like Omar. He, he just really no, I get it, but it, it, but his there. his uh his whole thing is facts don't care about your feelings. And that's my thing. When yeah. it comes to anti-Semitism, he's all in his feelings and he misleads. And when it comes to Trump, there's very valid criticisms of him, but Ben's mm -hmm. is like a sneaky criticism where it's like he's always ready to throw him under the bus. I, I don't uh, I think he gets very emotional around Trump and anti-Semitism, which is understandable. But it's just like facts don't care about your feelings. That's his uh, that that's his slogan. That's not mine. I think when regard to the context to what Shapiro is saying that we want to talk about factual versus non-factual, I think it's the radicals on both sides. Um, having been in the Middle East, like I said, uh, <laughs> there was Christian neighborhoods that we had to patrol that were nonviolent. They were nonviolent um, Arabs over there, but it, the violence always came from the Muslim extremists, the, the terrorists, if you want, insurgency, if you want to call it, whatever you want to label it as. Um, it always came from them. It was never from the Christians. When we look at uh, the Gaza Strip, we look at things such as that. You know, rockets are launched all the time. They're getting shot down. It's a nonstop battle. But if we look at the history of the Ottoman Empire and Islam, it's been a very interesting history. And, you know, Christians, we were at fault, too, when it comes to uh, the Crusades, things such as that. I think there's going to be no culture out there that doesn't have historic blood on its hands. But that's how the world was created and formed. You know, I'm not an expert on the stuff like this. Do I think Shapiro could stop pulling back? But here's the thing. Do you think, would you agree that Shapiro needs to kind of stop tweeting about anti-Semitism because it makes him look as if he's going too far? I mean, I, I don't think he has to stop tweeting No, I'm saying about from it. your perspective, though. Yeah. Do you think yeah, it'd be no, a From my move? perspective, it's not a stop tweeting. It's just like a don't lie, you know, or don't mislead because it's it's hurtful, I believe, towards Jewish people. Well, I think the same thing could be applied to why Shapiro is telling Trump to stop tweeting about certain things. Well, I didn't, tell, I didn't tell Shapiro to stop tweeting, though. I didn't tell you shut up and stop tweeting. No, I'm saying, but that's the example I'm using that Shapiro is telling Trump, stop talking about this. He's not no, telling no, Trump no, to no, stop he said tweeting. Shut up and stop tweeting. And Actually, said, you know what? I take no, that back. No, I take that back because I have listened to podcasts where Shapiro says Trump needs to just stop tweeting altogether. I stand correct because I do remember because he said that. And even I was like, no, he needs the, he needs Twitter. So I will yeah. agree partially there that Shapiro, but I think in that given example, he's basically, you know, I could be wrong it's on okay. that. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe Shapiro not, does mean in that regard of just stop tweeting. I don't know. You know, now that I think about it, I think maybe. I think maybe Shapiro meant it in the sense of probably shouldn't talk about this versus stop. Maybe he together. just wants them to shut up and stop tweeting. That could be. If it. I, I don't. Won't, I don't say things I don't particularly mean. So it's like mm -hmm. if I say shut up and stop tweeting, I mean it. But I won't tell Ben he should tweet. That's his business, and he runs a successful podcast and a news network. So to tell him to stop posting would be mm -hmm. suicide. So for him to tell the person he probably didn't even want to win the election to stop tweeting. To me, it doesn't seem like useful criticism or constructive, you know, intelligent feedback. It seems to me more like petty 
um, political commentating is going to get retweeted. Yeah, bad, people, bad opinion. The thing that bothers me sometimes is that people want to go to such far extremes to gain notoriety. It's kind of like when you post on Instagram or you post on Facebook or whatever the case is. A lot of people like Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos, he had his day, but I think he went so far off the reservation because he was just saying things to get a reaction at some points, like deport fat people, stop being <laughs> poor. It's like that. It doesn't yeah. be your cause any justice. And the problem no, is that Milo's a whole different beast, but he didn't he didn't win president. No, no. Well, Milo, Milo, I think he's he's trying to recover right now from a career that he kind of ran into the ground himself. So but at the same time, like with, with Shapiro, look again, I don't see him historically using anti-Semitism as a victim card. I think victim card would be more the lines of woe me, poor me. I think what Shapiro is worried about, though, is anti-Semitism becoming more prevalent in society, um, which I think. Like I said, just just from seeing the comments on my own page on Instagram versus comments in the YouTube chat, it does worry me sometimes. But then again, it's the same as those people that come out that are racist white people towards black people in the BLM. It goes from dis disagreeing with an ideology or a belief to attacking the race, to attacking a religious belief. And it's like and then and then going and bleeding into a, a stereotype, if you will, an unjust stereotype. And I think I that's where the difference lies. I want to ask you a question because I, I, I think. Um, when, when you see like a black leader step up and take accountability and responsibility for things that the black community is doing, uh, do you think that knocks racism down? Like when you have a black leader, who's not just doing the black lives matter thing and saying, Hey, here's what we're doing. We're making these mistakes. We're going to like, do you think that that cools off racism? Black um, people taking accountability. Uh, here's why I disagree with that though. Um, no, it's a question. It's yeah, a question. I, I, I. Man, honestly, I have to tell you, it probably would. I think it probably would if, if people were actually see to see somebody step up. But I also have to counter with, though, that there should be no single black person speaking on behalf of the black community. I think we need to stop again. I think we need to stop this this group and generalizing that we do and start focusing on individual accountability for individual actions. The but black do, community do, is not responsible for what an individual black man does. I, I don't agree with that. No, I agree with that. But do you, do you think like say the media how they're always you know it's always like anti police. It's not mm. it's white people's fault. This yeah. that there's nothing they could do is wrong. That makes people more hateful. Whereas if people stood up, whether it be from any race, religion, gender, whatever, and said, "Hey, like there's problems here. There's problems here. We're gonna solve them, and we're not gonna make excuses. We're not gonna blame you. We're not mm. just gonna blame the police." You agree that that would lower racism. As opposed to blaming I, white people for everything and yeah. just nonstop guess, playing the victim card. Well, I Did, think it starts with influencers such as ourselves calling out, calling everything for what it is and not turning a blind eye to when people on our side or our party, whatever no, we want I to call agree, it. Do you I agree with that, that premise though, real quick? And then we'll, we'll get into that. Do you agree with that premise that when you have people, whether it be in the black community or the American community, step up and say, we're not going to play the victim card. We're not just going to blame this race and be a PR team for this race. We're not just going to hate on police. We're going to actually take accountability. Do you agree that that lowers racism and, and makes things better? Uh, I would have to say that if it was a forced decision, which I don't think it ever will be, the question in itself to me isn't a question I'd ever ask. I just I don't think the question has any validity. I think the question in itself disregards individual accountability. But from a press standpoint, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't answer that. I, I kind of reserve judgment on giving an answer on that. I think that if we even go down that road to even answer that question gives credibility to that we should no longer believe in individualism and start focusing on collectivism, which I don't agree with.
Well, no, I'm saying media influence and also just basic statistics. Like it's it's like if you say you know Asians are excelling in tech, mm -hmm. it, it's it's just a statistic. It doesn't mean right. everybody. They're still individuals. So it's like when you have crime statistics where a small group of people are committing a large portion of the murders, but then I'm you have the yeah. yeah, then you have the media saying the exact opposite and constantly. Right not providing a solution like yes we can do this for systemic provide better education but also like what if we took some self-accountability like do you agree that no, there's a lack I, of self I couldn't no it's right. not my fault like i, I for example no, i'm, I'm not saying shooter. it's your fault but they're, no no they're, i'm saying that's the that's the perception it gives again perception is reality if the new zealand shooter is white which we knew he was white do do i need to stand up as a white person and say islam i'm sorry white people did this they shouldn't and we're going to do our best to fix this no, because the, again, that detracts from the fact that I didn't do anything or that it, he was the murderer. He was the trigger puller. And I think this idea that certain people need to stand up and denounce certain things. Good luck living a life like that, because then let's go ahead and start doing it for every homicide committed by a white man. And I think then we, we go into this realm of that everybody should be accountable. It's kind of like reparations. I no, I, I agree a thousand percent. And that's that's un, an unpopular opinion that you're totally right on. This condemning thing is annoying. The yeah. point I guess I was trying to make, it was Daryl Davis, he's a black jazz musician. He had a great documentary. He made hundreds of KKK members quit. He didn't cry racism, sexism. He didn't scream. He didn't protest. He did so by being so cool and likable mm -hmm. that they realized that they weren't racist. And I personally, that's the point I was trying to get to is I think that's an effective strategy. So with Shapiro and others, it's mm -hmm. I, I understand what they think they're doing, mm -hmm. but I personally believe, and it's not every Jewish person's fault or every black person's fault or every white person's fault. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when you show kindness, love, compassion, and are willing to be honest about you yeah. know, the like Ben is not shy about I'm Jewish. I'm Ashkenazi Jew. I'm Judaism. I wear that like he's very Jewish. He, it's mm -hmm. not he's not every Jewish person, but he's very proud of his heritage and his right. religion, which is awesome. But it's like when you constantly call everything anti-Semitic and when it's not, it actually what I believe it builds more hate for Jewish people than yeah. if you just came out and said, hey, yeah. I'm not going to hate on my, I'm not going to be a self-hating Jew like a Bernie Sanders or anything where it's like, Oh, I hate myself. And we're like, ah, oh, we well, get we it. We have to go back to the constant but, use but of that's the thing is like, Where so is that though? That's the point I was making is that people in every community, whether, it, and I don't, I agree, I'm an individual, but I don't have a specific race or religion that I talk about all the time, like Ben and others. But it's like, if you're black, the greatest thing you could do if you wanted to help everybody who looks like you is just be a great person. If you're yeah. white, you know, and, and a lot of white people, uh, you know, are a little bit annoying. And I get why, the, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say everybody, but it's like there's a lot of white leaders that are really annoying. And even in Trump, I, I give but them are they a annoying because they're white or because of what? No, they're no, just because they're, they're annoying. Thinking. It's not because of their exactly. skin color. But I'm saying yeah. even with Trump, I give him a pass, not because I he's my daddy, but because he's, <laughs> set, he's because he's 70 years old. And I don't expect somebody in their 70s to be like hip to new trends and stuff. He's he's hip enough, you know, for, for his age bracket. Um, but it's like to 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 make the hate of like nothing makes people hate someone more than having a legitimate concern and being told that they can't say it. So that's why I'm saying, I know that, uh, you know, I don't, it's not, it's, again, it's not, not the sense of you can't say it. It's saying it's probably not smart for you to go out there and say that for election purposes. It's not, again, this yeah, but, but the, gets but conflated. The main, that's the problem. The main there. critique is coming from Ben Shapiro, who didn't even think or want him to win in the first place. So how yeah. how valid is that perception where it's like he he wouldn't, if, if it was up to Ben, he wouldn't even be there in the first place. So, 
Well, I think again, it, the perception alone stands by itself. I mean, if we look at that or that that statement from Ben, or we look at that the criticism of Ben, is the criticism does it have any warrant to it? Does it have any excuse me merit to it? And I think it does. And I think Shapiro wouldn't say that if Shapiro truly didn't want Trump to win in twenty twenty. I think Trump or Shapiro even said he's going to vote Trump in twenty twenty. Um, I think Shapiro saying that it'd be one of those things like if I didn't like you, I probably wouldn't try and correct you for your own benefit to see you progress in the future. And that's what Shapiro is doing there. It's not, he's not trying to tell Trump to shut up to see Trump fail. It's you already even that he's done that multiple times. He said, shut yeah. up and don't tweet. Coming from yeah. someone who didn't vote for him, I mean, you perceive that as great help. I perceive it as awful advice. I don't know his intentions. Maybe he's trying to help. Maybe he's not. But it's like, well, why would he want really to see his own party fail when it comes to it? I think Shapiro would I don't, rather why, see. Why would why would a here's the thing? Why would a conservative like a, why Shapiro? Why would he not understand the value of Donald Trump during the election? Why did he lead his audience to not support him as a I mean, because he can't believed tell the Shapiro, difference. You said it yourself, though. Shapiro is a very devout Jew. Shapiro has a very, and I'm not justifying this perception. But Trump has done more for Jewish people than ever. To, it's to, not about that. It's morality. <laughs> but Shapiro said himself, it's morality. Trump has a history of very immoral actions. And that's and that's what Shapiro uses to guide his political, his political viewpoints. And I think that's a very traditionalist viewpoint if that's the viewpoint you want that's why and i'm not justified i'm not agreeing with this but i'm saying that's why shapiro sees it in that way if trump's out there having sex with various different women and cheating on his wife he does not want that as an elected official i understand that i'm not saying that's what i agree with but that's why trump that's why shapiro didn't like trump he just sees, he says he's a very immoral garbage human being he doesn't like him there and i understand that i get his viewpoint and it makes sense to me um but when it comes to elected officials Man, find me a politician that doesn't have dirt in his backyard or in his closet. I, it's I think Shapiro probably has dirt in his closet. Everybody, we all have skeletons, but it's a matter Absolutely. of your own individual perspective. But and, in regards and, to what you don't you think apart, that that's a little weird? Where it's like Shapiro, I get that he always says Trump's a garbage person, but there's a lot of evidence on a lot of people that's even out there that Shapiro never seems to talk about. Where it's like he, mm -hmm. you know, it's like there's a lot of people who've done a lot of stuff, and I get it because he's. You know, he plays it cool. He's a lawyer. He doesn't want to jump to conclusions. I get his game. And I, honestly, I think he's very effective in that way. Mm -hmm. I would actually argue that he brings a lot of liberals over to the right because mm -hmm. of his Trump critique. So they see he's like, oh, there's a conservative who bashes Trump. It's effective. I actually um, I appreciate Ben a lot for the work he does. And I take he, people like Ben just shield this and that. I'm like, Ben's Ben, you know. Ben is a. Uh, I've himself. never understood this, 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 uh, the shield, the Zionist. The, I, I, I understand the term. I don't understand why people use those terms. I think it's one of those that, like you said, if you if somebody is in support of whatever you get, it's not a center line criticism. It's either far left or far right. If you disagree with this BLM narrative, then you're a racist. If you disagree with Trump's policy on Syria, you must be in support of Assad or whatever. It's it's very there's never any center line discussion. You're either so far left or you're so far right. And the people that make these comments and these statements, I feel half the time themselves is coming from a deep rooted place in their heart that's full of hatred. Honestly, they are so they are so against free thinking and being willing to listen to open or new new ideas and new opinions. But with Shapiro again, you know, I grew up that way to where a, the value of a human being's worth is based upon their level of morality. And we're going into a whole different uh, conversation here. 
But I see where Shapiro comes from. And I think a lot of that is in regards to if you are immoral in your private life, say, for example, you're a shyster businessman, you're a cheat, you're a steal, you're a liar, you're, you're all these things, then how would you be as an elected official? And I think that's where a lot of politics comes into play is why we try and dig up dirt on our opponents. Like, look what so-and-so did in the past versus saying, look what so-and-so voted for in the past, which I think is way more effective to a certain intelligence, a level of intelligence. Like, we have the different financial classes in America. I try and classify people in the different intelligence classes. We have the higher, we've got the middle, and we've got the downright fucking stupid. And I think America is comprised right now of a lot of downright fucking stupid people out there that don't educate themselves on a lot of different things. And I've been guilty of it myself from time to time. But I think people, those are the people that are downright fucking stupid, are the ones that sit there and go to the extreme side saying, you know, if you disagree with this, then you must be a, you know, you're a Jew lover. It's like, wow, what a very ignorant thing to say. What a very disrespectful, ignorant thing to say when it comes to an open political conversation, discussion, debate, whatever you want to call it. But I think with Shapiro there, that's why he doesn't like Trump. That's why he didn't want Trump to win. And that's why Hillary was no better. Like Hillary was just garbage, a garbage human being, a garbage politician. But that's the why Shapiro thinks and talks the way he does. But I think he has very unrealistic expectations of what a, polit a contemporary or a modern day politician is going to be. Because I'm pretty sure if we looked into, say, for example, like the new hot ticket is Dan Crenshaw, like we talked about before, I'm sure Crenshaw has skeletons in this closet. No one is perfect. No one. But I think Shapiro holds people up to a very unrealistic standard from time to well, a lot of the times. But at the same time, you've got to have that standard to a certain extent, because if you drop and lower that standard, then we're inviting in all manner, all types of immorality. So I understand why the standard exists. I think Shapiro just has that measuring step a little too high. Yeah, well, you seem like an honest guy. I see you, you going back and forth and really considering perspectives. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You're talking about like Zionism or whatever. There's some people who are self-proclaimed Zionists. Like they'll be like, I'm a Zionist. This is what I want. But also, like you said, there's a lot of people who just support Israel. And they're like, that's their belief. I don't think they're self-proclaimed Zionists. They just, they like Israel. There's some people who like Palestine. Some of them- well, I openly, people. I'm openly a supporter of Israel from a theological standpoint, because it says in the scripture, they are the people of God. Um, that's that's why I support it. Got you. No, and I think uh, I, what I was saying was it's like a lot of people feel certain ways. I don't know that a lot of it is that nefarious where even for me, mm -hmm. uh, people say you have a lot of Zionist friends. I was like, yeah, I've, well, I have a lot of Jewish friends. I have a lot of Zionist friends. I have friends that are anti whatever the Palestine movement is like, I, you know, it is what like I don't make my friends based on their opinions of countries I've never been to where it's like I can only learn and, and choose what I think is right. But uh, I, I don't I don't like that part of it where that's my role and it's very effective and I'm able to facilitate debates that other people don't. And I get attacked from both sides <clears throat> for being either anti-Semitic, which is obviously not true, or a Zionist, which is obviously not true too. So um, there is some sort of weird thing where like people see everything in black and white and, um, you know, it's like if you fall into one category of one thing, you're yeah. this overarching person where it's like that's just someone's perspective, their belief yeah. or what they feel based on either the Bible or other things. Mm -hmm. I want to read real quick and then I'll let you tell people where they can find you at. I want to read my tweet again that you shared and, and see if you think it's better now or at, okay. after this discussion. I, okay. I said listening to Ben Shapiro tell Trump to shut up in order to win this next election. The reason Trump won was because he opened his mouth and used social media well. Horrible advice from someone who will clearly throw Trump under the bus whenever it's possible. Does this sound better now or no? It does, but since we've had a discussion, I can understand where you're coming from. I still have a little bit of a disagreement with you there. 
But the fact that we were actually able to have a discussion and have a better understanding of what each other, one another means, I think it's a little bit better. But when it comes back to Shapiro, like I said, I, I won't argue the fact that Trump used social media and Trump's mouth partially got him elected. I think a lot of people just didn't want Hillary at the same time. But Trump, Trump's not an idiot. Trump knows what he's doing when it comes to manipulating the press. But as far as him throwing the bus, throwing him under the bus at any opportunity he gets, I disagree. He's had plenty of opportunities to throw Trump under the bus. Um, and I haven't seen him take it with the Mueller investigation and stuff like that. He could have been on the side of the left and said he's guilty. You know, I have as a lawyer, I think he's good. Shapiro didn't do it. Um, but again, there are times that I think Shapiro is hypercritical because I'll be I'll be listening in my garage where I'm working. And it's like Shapiro's going too far here. Like there, this is this is like such minuscule stuff to criticize. And it does paint. And I, I get where you're coming from. It does paint Shapiro in the light that he is very hypercritical of Trump. But I think at any opportunity it gets is an inaccurate an statement. But I get where you're coming from now. I appreciate that. Where can people find you? Oh God, do I really want them to find me now? <laughs> yeah, if you don't, if you don't, it's all good. No, no, I'm I'm a John Burke. Honestly, on Instagram. It's, say it again, sir. John Burke one on Instagram. J O H N B U R K number one on Instagram. It's John Burke one on Instagram, and Facebook is just John Burke. YouTube, John Burke. So. Honestly, it's probably the same like six people. I've been reading the comments too. The people who are saying the most annoying stuff, it's like the same three people, just like nonstop. I actually blocked one because it was super ignorant. And I don't block people often, but guys, it's like when we have these discussions, it's fine if you want to weigh in. I mean, yeah. technically, you could say whatever you want. I don't run YouTube, but I mm -hmm. feel like maybe YouTube's like the one of the last places that people can say stuff. And it's like just be helpful or say something intelligent. You're allowed to critique and criticize, but if you mm -hmm. just say the same thing twenty times and just like call everybody Jews and stuff, it does it doesn't really help. That's a you know, you're not you're yeah. not really helping at all. I just want to say that to the comment section because I've had I've facilitated a lot of debates and I've picked up a lot of audiences from places and um, mm -hmm. you know, I it, it's just like annoy it annoys me too a little bit. I'm like, guys, you're not you're not only not helping, but you're not saying anything specifically of value. Like, there's no. It's not like a drama. I'm like, oh, thank you for saying that. It's just like the same five things. Well, so. a lot of it is is people want to see people like <laughs> I think today's debates were the 90s era's kids' fights. It's like, meet me out back at the school, bitch. We're gonna stand on the, we're gonna we're gonna settle up with this. Versus <laughs> I was today's, excited when I saw it. I was like, let's I was glad when you said yes, because I, I wasn't even mad for a second. I was just like, wait, who who said that? Yeah. For me, it's a lot of it is today's debates are it's like a an intelligence fight. It's like now I'm gonna fight you to see who's smarter. It's like, well, I'll go ahead and admit my loss there. It's like I'm not gonna sit there and say that I'm smarter than anybody. I was like, that's a very foolish statement to say, and you're gonna set yourself because there's always gonna be somebody smarter. Like I'll listen to uh, Hassan Piker. I'll listen to Sink and all them from Young Turks. Turks, not Turks. Well, they are Turks in my opinion, but they say <laughs> a lot of points that make me have to scratch my head and say, wait, okay, why do I agree or disagree with that? It's like I have to sit there and ask myself. You know, Hassan is very emotional. You know, when he debates people, he goes overboard. He's like, you know, look, I, you know, I get where you're coming from, but you're fucking stupid. You know what you're talking about. It's like, that's not a very effective way to have an open discussion, open a dialogue, because nobody's going to talk to you because you act like a dickhead. And but I also, yeah. it doesn't make you look right. If you just call someone stupid, like if I came yeah. out and I'm like, you're dumb, you're d that does that doesn't prove what you're saying. It, it's it's a sign of weakness, honestly. Yeah. Anger, anger is not good. Hate is not good. And calling people names is a the epitome of not being smart enough to actually say something. I think a lot it's, it's, we're seeing a difference. We're seeing a change in a lot of uh, what's going on in the realm of social media. Social media is changing everything. Everyone has access to Google. Everyone has access to their phone. And now everybody's a walking expert. Everyone knows everything there is to know about literally everything versus these people that I say that are conservative influencers that I've spoken to with on one-on-one -on -one and just kind of like, 
you know, during the federal government shutdown, and forget this, a certain person went out there and tweeted, it's like, well, the government's been shut down for 23 days. Do we really need a federal government? It's like, well, that's kind of what the Constitution details about what, why we need a government and how it's to be run. And you're an influencer with almost 100 something thousand followers. Are you, are you stupid? I was like, did you really just say that? And it worries me because people, they, they gravitate towards this idea of being so anti-government that they think that we don't need a government. It's like, no, it's you need a governing body. It's just mm. you need an uncorrupt governing body. But I, I do love having open-end discussions. I love getting to talk to people from different perspectives. It doesn't mean that I'm going to openly just suddenly turn tail and say, oh, I agree with you. But if somebody makes a good point, I will be open-minded enough to say, nope, I see where you're coming from there. And I'll have to go back and rethink that because I can't. There's some issues like I can't make up on my mind right that I have to do my research and I got to think about this. But a lot of people are just very closed-minded when it comes to things like that because it's an attack on their ego. They feel that if you insult their intelligence, now they're stupid. Now they've lost the the, the debate. They've lost the fight. And now they're just they're worthless as a human being versus if you point out the facts like, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I have every answer. I'm the most intelligent dude out there. I agree. You seem like a great guy. You seem very. I'm really wise. an asshole. I really am. I'm a dickhead. Uh, dude. Not playing. Play. <laughs> no, I'm a, in general, you know, it, it's all good. I've 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 talked to crazier people, but in um, <laughs> you know, just the the ability to to consider. I always say that at, at borderline, you don't have to agree with me, but if you consider it, that's the first step. And it, it, and there's a lot of that here. I want to read one comment. First of all, there's a lot of people complimenting you too. It's like three people saying the same thing on loop. But uh, this comment says anomaly looks like Julia Roberts with a beard. That's not an insult. That's a compliment. Uh, we're going to leave on that. that note it, I just followed like, you on Instagram, by the way. You, you, right. you earned a follow for me because you, you actually presented some things in a very intelligent manner mm -hmm. that I appreciate. I have, to, I have to go back and unfollow a lot of people because I find myself following a lot of fellow influencers that are not putting any quality content out there that are making people think, that are making me think. Um, yeah. A, and AP, for Liberty, versa. AP for Liberty, he's another libertarian that I followed that – he made a tweet about, and like I said, I'm a babe in politics. He made a tweet about legalization of fully automatic weapons. I'm like, wait, what? And again, I didn't have a full grasp of the Second Amendment. And then he sat down, he taught me, and I was like, makes perfect sense. And then he and I started discussing libertarian principles versus Republican ones. I was like, I can see where you're coming from, and it makes sense. And then he turned me on to Milton Friedman and economists, economists like him. It's like, wow, talk about what I didn't even have any clue about. It's just, it's brilliant. And it's like, I never thought about this, and I never would have. You know, I, I had a, a discussion with um, Two Savage, and he talked about how he is uh, he understands Yang Gang, and he likes Yang Gang. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't like Yang Gang. I think he's just way out there in regards to he wants to stand against circumcision and take that into, like, the legal area. It's like, what? Um, but then his anti-2A comments that are very scary to me. And then we talked about universal basic income, and then he brought up Milton Friedman supported this. It's like, what? And so it brings up, whether you agree with it or not, people are so quick to shut it down um, because again, it's an attack on their core beliefs and their identity versus saying, let's look at this. Like, let's look at UBI. Let's, let's have a, an in-depth conversation and point out the pros and cons of something, even socialism. Like I'd be more, I love talking about socialism because in, in, in theory, it's a good idea, but in practicality, it doesn't work. It's never been proven to work. I mean, I think in, in, and I don't mean to keep going, I apologize. I know you probably have things to do, but I think in America, it's a free market economy. There are some socialist programs built into it to an extent, but I, I see where people are coming from. But ultimately, to go back to what you're saying, I think a lot of it is, even I have to work on this, is an attack on identity. If somebody disagrees with you, you feel like it's just them kind of psychologically punching you in the face and saying, you're stupid, you're stupid. And it's very difficult to, like I said, let that thought process go beyond the emotional part of your brain into the critical thinking part and say, okay, wait a minute. 
let's 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 talk about this. And I think we definitely need more of that. I need to get better at it as well. Um, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say I'm guilty of just over jumping the gun because it pisses me off sometimes that people will be so just like I said, they're either so far to the left or so far to the right, and there's no room for what we just discussed here, I think is what this country was built upon as far as free, critical thinking, to always be skeptic of both sides, to include the side you support. Because I think that's what our forefathers wanted us to do. It's not blind obedience to anything except the Constitution saying this is what this country was founded upon. And I think when we stray from that, we, we veer away from what America was supposed to be. I, I apologize for going on a rant, man. No, you're good. No, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's some good stuff. And um, I think that's what wisdom is and, and learning. It's it's not having the ego or the hate to know that you need to know more. And even that self-awareness is what I always say is the most important thing, even about yeah. politics. If everyone was more self-accountable and self-aware on a personal level, like you said, individual, not collectively, mm -hmm. then the world would be a better place. Thank you guys for joining this. Another episode of Make America Again. Give a shout out and show some love to John Burke, the guest. He did a great job. And these are the discussions people have need to have. God bless you. God bless America. God bless your family. And God bless the world. We're out.